0: Hello, Internet friends. My name is Bay, and welcome to episode number one hundred and sixty nine of final boss tv today still as it currently stands your Wild and game rating show until we actually have other guests on the show that are different from different parts of the community that can't technically be branded as the Wild and game Raid show but that's for another time but again my name is adam kaka Bay will be your host for this adventure today is the limit World second mythic gahoon i wanted to do a sort of a sandwich show because of what happened during the raid race that was recent and we'll get the World 2nd, the NA side of the coin, if you will. And of course, if you missed the Method show, that that is on YouTube. But first things first, I have to do a big old shout out to everyone that can keep me sitting here making this show possible. These are the credits tier patrons over on the show's Patreon page. Thank you very much to all these lovely nerds. There are more podcasts Actually and some behind-the-scenes goodness over on the patreon page So after this show, we're gonna sit down and make a little after show and go over things We didn't go over but you can follow along with the show notes. You can go to the method the uh, BTS show We did last week and then of course there are more and more and more There's like we're at 42 Yeah, we're 41 to be 42 BTS shows right there And of course we need to have a hub to find all the stuff about the show the new finalboss.tv website is live. Still have more things that are being worked on behind the scenes with it. But if you need to know where all the stuff that I make, live streams, YouTube channel, support, Discord servers, podcasts, if you want the audio-only versions, those are all right there. And we, of course, are going to have another live segment on the show today with the kill video. That's the second half of the show. But let's see, who's who's, who's I sitting down with today? Hold on, hold on a moment. Let me unmute this real quick. So joining us as I was kind of hoping you would have left the you didn't you turned it off the in-game capture, but Jeth welcome to the show hello sir
1: hello thank you very much glad to be here Are you still I thought do- that uh, oh. I, I I was still doing world quests but I oh. turned them off in case my typing and clicking came over the came over the speaker but this is a short short break from those world quests I'll be right back in right after
0: this oh okay a <laughs> short break like three hours that's fair understandable but i appreciate it and here's max i actually didn't remember that max was on the show before so this is his second time returning to the show hello sir welcome hello hello now you're ready to talk for almost about 75 percent of the show is that correct that's what i was told wait who told you that That that's preheat because he didn't want to talk on the today's show he's gonna sit here and look pretty right that's all he's gonna do
2: yeah
0: I'll i'll talk as much or
3: as little as i need to
0: that's fair and there he is there there he is hello sir welcome back Fighting Roger Brown for tenure on the show. There's Preheat, everybody. Chat wanted Hi, his Chas. face. Yeah, there he goes.
4: Happy to be here again. Do
0: you have anything you want to give chat real quick while you're on full camera? Anything? Hmm. Uh, what's up? <laughs> yeah. That's <laughs> no. That's all they get. That's fine. I'm okay with that. But I want to drop the floor back to you guys. And just let you have any, I think this is it's Max's spotlight point real quick here. If you have any what? initial <laughs> shout outs or things you want to get out there, anyone you want to thank, or things you want to say to the guild as a whole to start the show off here real quick with uh, what you guys have recently done and how everything's going in, B, in BFA for the guild. So just like a little like pre, because uh, we have a soapbox at the end when we're talking to chat, but that's not, don't, don't look at chat right yeah. now. Just, just cover I'm that up. I'm not looking at anything, no. Yeah, I'm just cover that up. But no, you
3: have me you, wanna... you, you are making
0: faces though. There's some great faces. Yeah.
3: Make, well right? no, yeah. I didn't I didn't know I was gonna have some kind of spelling I don't know. I just yeah, think go for it. Any of the people, we've had probably twenty to thirty people that aren't in the guild now that have been here since its inception that have helped us get to where we are. We've had to let people go, people have left, and a lot of people have joined, usually from other like top guilds, at least in Legion and You know, it took a lot of effort to get to where we were at a point where we could actually compete for something like World First, and a lot of people put effort into that that weren't uh, here this time. We wouldn't have been able to get the people that we have now without a lot of them who had to leave for whatever reason. So uh, that, and then I don't even need to shout out the guild. Everyone in the guild knows that they're appreciated and they're good. Uh, I guess we could shout out like our merch, right? Isn't that oh, like... Oh! Yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: wait, me. Let, me, let me move this uh, lower third uh, real quick here. What you, what you got on there, sir? What's that? You want to like hold, so, you know, uh, sit back? Uh, yeah, what's that? It's nice
3: like a it fresh American flag version limit hoodie. Move those, <laughs> uh, move those little guys. What's up? Tassel? Um,
4: yeah, there, we, there go. we go. Yeah, no tassels here.
3: Yeah, so yeah you guys super, just... super comfy. It's got the American flag. There's also one for Canada. It's also one for, like, the pride flag. We got all kinds of stuff going on. Got limit merch for everybody. This is just very recent, too, correct? Yeah. I mean, you know, we were, like, nobody and probably still are. So we didn't have any reason to uh, do that. But it's good. I mean, it, it was actually really successful. I, we used it as a as an avenue to, like, you know, pay our guy. We actually finally got a guy to do videos. And then it turned out oh. to be a, a pretty good... Uh, pretty good source of money and a lot of like you know get our name out there stuff like that
0: absolutely i noticed Uh, that about having an editor on staff is going to be a huge thing to help with everything like that too so they put together the video we're going to watch today was by that nerd correct you want to who who is that you want to give a shout out or anything like that to them
3: uh i actually don't do you know his name oh on twitter we can get his name I'm sorry, I, I'm not a part of any of that, like anything to do yeah, with like that's fine social media or like videos. Like I even mentioned at multiple points. Like I was so happy with what our videos looked like. But yeah, definitely, definitely don't know his name.
4: He's doing great work. I'll look it up and we'll do a shout out in just a bit. Yeah, it so, was awesome. Uh, someone mentioned the moon. That's an idea. Oh. Still in the works, thinking about yeah, doing like a
3: redesigned, I think, everything in the store. So There's far, box. yes. He did the logo Uh, a long time ago. Yeah.
4: But we're thinking about, because I'm not really an illustrator. So we're thinking about doing like a really cool, like first to, you know, Gahoon, first to the moon, first to the moon, first to Gahoon. I'm not sure what order, but like a little, you know, I just love stuff that Twitch
3: Jack comes up with. Yeah.
4: It's good.
0: Gotta appreciate it. It's good stuff. You have to play into it just enough. Just enough. Absolutely. So it's, oh, it's life is random. You have to
1: fully commit and dive into it. You can't imagine how many times you're we screaming that at 2 a.m.
4: Okay, so here it is. First, uh, Rain. Yeah. <laughs> His name is Rain. Life as Rain on Twitter. If yeah, you want to go follow him, he's awesome.
3: Yeah, put that in the uh, chat. Did
4: really, really good. Good uh, work on our videos. So I'm gonna post this and quick too, like at, uh, like right now. Timely
3: and good.
0: He made the the whole intro we're gonna see as well too, right? Like the flying Everything, yeah. intro. All oh. him.
3: We, we had uh, tags awesome. to all of our videos previously, which were awesome. I don't think he had any. Actual like video editing or creation experience, but he did very, very well with that. Our past couple of uh, kills, like, uh, you know, Gul'dan, Arkhamon, Kill Dream, yeah. and all that stuff. That's
0: awesome. It's a weird thing to, to see how everything sort of evolves slowly with like as things get more and more polished and you figure out what you need as a sort of organization or grouping or where you want to go with it all too. So we'll see you guys could have some esports teams by next year or something like that. You
3: keep going that way. I don't know. Just,
4: <laughs> we're, we're still like a little amoeba, you know, we're, kinda, oh, okay. we're yeah, we're,
3: the... we're putting our feelers out, you know, com- some people have contacted us. In fact, we have a meeting tomorrow with a relatively big name to Ooh. talk about that. But we, you know, we're not too interested in doing something and committing to something right now. Cause I feel like our true worth has really not been shown. Um, so, you know, we're we're kind of waiting for some deal to come around around with that. But but there's stuff in the works basically. Awesome.
0: Well, that's exciting.
3: So, what we opened the show
0: with last week when I spoke to Limit, well, when I spoke okay. to Method about you guys because they in this case Method streamed everything. So the big time for World of Warcraft to be on that big center stage. Huge viewership to watch the entire Mythic World First Race. But where are you guys standing on that? Where does Limit stand on the streaming of this? Are you going to stream in the future tiers? Is that something you're interested in at all? Or who
3: wants to field this question? But So, um, well, as far as them streaming, I think it was awesome. I, I think this is maybe the most interesting... Uh, that WoW PvE has ever been as far as like uh, community outreach and how many people are actually interested in it and watching it you know when you're able to watch you know like the top guild and how they you know you can hear comms but you can see like how they work and stuff like that like that's something that you never got to see I think maybe previously the top streaming guilds were like world maybe 7th or 8th at one point and then like a little higher like like the top top is like totally they go at it at a completely different angle it's like what makes those guilds good is that they're not looking at a video, you know, they're coming up with stuff on their own, which means trying stuff, trying different comps, you don't have to know right. already what's good. So, so I think like for the community, it's amazing. And we never really had a chance to talk about it before this tier because, you know, we, we didn't even know we were like really going to do the week off and go for it um, until, you know, pretty shortly before. And I can kind of get into how we approach that in a little bit. I know that's in your uh, one of the notes to cover. But you know, they announced they were streaming, and we were honestly like, like kind of upset. We were like, like don't, like like we want to, we want to like straight up compete with them and and try to beat them like straight up. You know, we don't want any help. The way it turned out, it didn't like. We can talk about that more in the show too. But like, it didn't like really do too much. But like, we didn't stream because our goal is getting world first, and it's counterproductive for us to try to get world first and stream. Like, method they've gotten world first like how many times? Like, they're like the most successful guild or close to it for. That has ever been in wow right. definitely the most i think um so it's like a little different yeah um but but i mean we definitely talked about it for this next year um so we are we are not streaming progression for this upcoming raid however something that we were getting asked about and i know you guys aren't gonna like that answer but let me explain um <laughs> that's okay there there's a i think we can do a better part because we don't want to stream strategy, we don't want to stream stuff like that. But we can give the community either through some kind of blog post, which we are working on with a company right now, um, to give better info on where we are. Because like people were like, "How?" Like if we ever popped into a Twitch chat ever, you know, they were like, "How low are you guys?" Like where are you at? Like what are you getting to? Like I think we can do a better job of releasing our actual pulls um, and letting people know like how close we are. Because like they really care about how like close the race is, right? Right for this next raid, and I think we can do a much better job of being open, because, like, we're not really streaming to, like, hide anything or, like, anything like that. It's just, like, counterproductive to our overall goal. However, um, if we ever find success in that, or if we ever feel like that wants to change, we have certainly um, talked about streaming that, like, two-boss raid that's coming or, like, tiers after it, because I think a perfect world would be everyone streams everything, because obviously, and I think we saw this a lot last expansion with the turmoil that happened around you know like every wow guild did sales right and a bunch of bands went out for that and that's because people play this game for fun and to compete and play with their friends but you know to put that much time into it it's hard to do it without money so streaming obviously is a direct solution to that problem for a lot of people and i'm certainly method um and they like uh i think that's something that everyone should do because like you know from a spectacle point of view as a as a viewer you should be able to you know, like, see what's going on. You know, there was nothing like this before. Like, no guild in the top five streamed. All the people that were doing it before videos. Um, and yeah, so that's, that's basically where we stand on it. Um, I, I would say almost 100% no for this upcoming raid uh, for obvious reasons that I can explain. And uh, we do look forward to doing that in the future. I, I would say if you were to ask anyone in this channel, which were all three officers in this guild, um That's something that has been heavily considered even for now. We pretty much said no to it, but it's something in the future that uh, we're open to doing. Uh, I don't know if they have any other insight on that either of you two.
4: Yeah, so, you know, Method's already at the top. They've been at the top for a while, right? So it makes sense for them to, you know, take a risk and see how it's going to go in this way, right? We're still in the climb. Uh, But yeah, that Max was saying, um, you know, we definitely have seen the community response. We definitely uh, see value in being more open. Um, and also, I mean, you guys are all familiar with, like, the MMO Champion threads, I'm sure, about progression. Uh, there's just, like, this this thirst for information, right? So we're, we're probably going to uh, try to roll out something where we can have a direct line to the public and basically let, you know, you folks know what's going on with us, right, with, like, regular updates. Um, since it, it, you know, whenever we have these sort of discussions right now, it goes through, you know, a third party, and then it gets filtered through that. We want to have a direct line. Um, So that's something that's in the works right now.
3: Should we shout out our beat writer? Yeah, what's his name? I I don't remember his name. Fuzzy Logic, that's his name. It's been going on for years. Yeah, This guy named Fuzzy Logic who actually stood outside with our healers on Gahoon Progression for the healer lust that they did before the pull when we got really close. Um, And this guy, we have no idea who he is. He calls every comp change we ever make, sometimes even before I know that we've made them, like on, on the forum, like and he's exactly right. And he says why and he for some reason he knows. Um hmm. and he's just like some guy and he's very well now, informed. And now it's like more important because we're like going for it or whatever. Um but he yeah, he's just he's he's cool. So I just wanted to give him a quick shout out because like we we found it cool that he did all that.
4: Yeah. Anything fir- you have, Jeet?
3: The first thing I picked up out of that was healer
0: lust, but I guess we'll save that for later. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, wait, that's that's what piqued my interest in that sentiment. But yeah, Jeez, do you have anything to add to that too? Or
1: I think I think they covered it pretty well. I think it's undeniable that streaming is a disadvantage when you're competing for world first, especially for us. I won't speak for anyone else, but especially for us, and in at least two ways. The obvious one is if it is a strat-dependent boss, and you have a six strap but you're streaming it, you don't gain the advantage you could have from having that six strap, obviously. And then the second one is if you're streaming, there are going to be moments in which you're distracted, right? You can make a rule that you're not going to talk to your chat, but in between polls, you might be typing there right. on a break. You might be open up your mic to chat. When we I mean we're so new to this. We've we've never done this. So when we were talking about, you know, taking a week off and going for world first, we said we're going to do it the exact same way that every single guild that's ever done this in the history of this game, including method, until then had done, and then that announcement came out, we decided don't change the play, keep doing what you're doing. So we decided we're not gonna stream. And and the reality is that when we're in a poll or in between polls or on a break, we're constantly brainstorming, talking about what well, we're gonna change next poll, what do we wanna do in terms of our strats, is there anything we can improve on as personal players or as a team? And if you open up a stream, then to some extent you're gonna be distracted from that 100% focus on progression to interact with that chat and we want to not do that while we're still learning how to do this rating at a world first level thing
3: Yeah, i think that would be a great topic to go yeah. to pretty pretty soon i'm pretty sure it is on your notes about like how or why or stuff like that for when we decided to do it well
0: i, I guess the, the one thing i want to pick up from just what jeet said directly there is that that's actually something that, that's that Scott echoed because when I was watching the World First Kill when it was live on Method Stream, their they have their monitor and they have their second monitor for their streaming stuff, whatever on their setup when they're at the uh, the Red Bull the Red Bull gaming sphere. And Scott actually said that as they were killing it, obviously like that last two percent chat just goes nuts. And you can't ignore that that visual Noise. Now, I would have, like, hit it or put it behind something if you guys were talking about it yeah. in that sense. Yeah, you but, could do something like yeah. But seeing that is almost probably, like, the closest that we get as PvE Dragon Slayer nerds in this little spectrum to, like, being at an event where, like, esports pros can feel the crowd yelling. Like, you feel it. Even though you've got, like, you know, noise-canceling headphones and the white noise and your your team chat there, you still feel all of that noise just through your body sitting there on the stage. So I feel like that's probably the same, at least for our understanding of it. So that that could be definitely a thing. you could have missed a brew and died and wiped and Scott would have been the problem. But they didn't. However, they totally gave you guys and said multiple times on the show that they expected to wake up on that
3: reset to see you guys have killed it. Yeah, we did the same. Like we that, that that's I mean, we can talk about the extension thing. That's primarily why we extended because like we saw where they were. We were a little lower than them um before the reset and then we're you know so we we like know what we need to kill the boss and we knew we didn't need an extra reset which ended up being true well you could argue the before and after and how long it would have took and all that stuff but um we we thought they were going to kill it before they stopped before their reset then it turns out that they were they and we were really far because like you know that damage check week one was like unreal like if we had full vantuses we like kind of like halfway vantist uh uh, whatever boss that was, fed a devourer, not even right. half. Um, and then we, so we didn't like have all of that available because like week one vantus runes were like insanely good. So like like with week one vantus runes, um, if we had that on the full raid, it certainly would have been possible. It wasn't impossible, but it was very very hard. Like, and we can kind of talk about how personal loot changed that boss. Um, or sorry, or per like you know the getting of loot, extra resets, kind of, it's not even the same boss. Like that boss week one was extremely hard. You needed a perfect pull. I mean, we spent all of that Tuesday after we extended having perfect pulls and wiping under 1%. You know, it was just like that little last bit that, you know, the end of that fight was just so hard. Um, Yeah,
0: that's, I I moved the note. So we'll just go into that topic right here then. So I was going to switch gears after a different topic, but on this one, we'll just go into this and say that there is a bit, I guess, if it might be a sore subject or not to bring it up because you almost basically bottled lightning because the whole counterpoint was that NA, us as a region hasn't seen a, a world first since Empress or whatever her name is, right? In The Heart yeah, of Fear. Like
3: five, six years ago. Back
0: in like Mop. Right. So it's been a while. So obviously the it's like the underdog story. So if you want to walk me through, Max, if you want to just feel this way off the bat, about the decision to clear, um, to not reclear and to extend, but then because of what happened on Tuesday that Blizzard chose to do, which if you're just listening to this right now out there, you don't know what happened. They cut Vantus' rune power in half, and they nerfed Laser Matrix and Thunderous Blast as right traits, which were pretty top tier.
3: Yeah, so before I get into all that, so they did do that. Like, clearly you could do math and say that, you know, if they hadn't have nerfed Vantus alone or hadn't have nerfed the traits or whatever, like... Clearly, that would have been the difference in what we didn't have to kill it, but that doesn't matter because we knew sure. all of that before we extended. I think, I think something that was put on Twitter by someone uh, in our guild, which obviously like no one in our guild can like speak for the whole guild, and I I know that that kind of happened this year, which was unfortunate. Um, but we knew the the nerfs, and we did the math. We just knew that we could kill it without an extra thing of gear, and we assumed whatever progression time. Uh, we had while re-clearing would have been worth it and we thought we could kill it. Now, I think in general, we kind of underestimated how much the nerfs were. I mean, we, it was close. I mean, from what I hear from Method, it was close on them extending or reclearing as well. Like, we sat there in front of the raid, you know, extending it, unextending it, like, do we re-clear, whatever? Um, and we ended up as a group deciding, and that obviously eventually falls on me, um, to not reclear and just to go straight into the raid. Um, clearly, in hindsight, I don't know. I, I like we could have killed it that day, like just to give you a clear example. So when we raided, we did we took like basically the first Tuesday through Sunday, and then like a couple people had work Monday, Tuesday. Um, so we actually couldn't start Wednesday until like six. When we started Wednesday at six, just to give you an idea in the extension, we had the mage go fire, we went disc instead of holy. Uh, I don't know if we made any uh two of our warlocks didn't have gut ripper traits. And then we changed that and it died in five pulls, right? Where we had been wiping at point whatever percent. So, like, clearly, like, it's personal error. It's not like we're never going to say, right, uh, we didn't do this. Like, like if we played well enough, we could have and obviously could have killed it on Tuesday, but we didn't. Now, reclearing, we reclear and have generally been very good at farming in this guild. You know, there's no really time you can say because it's like a hypothetical scenario. Um, but if we had four or five eye levels seeing it in farm, like, obviously, reclearing. We would have killed it that day if we would have cleared farm quickly. There's no like there's like actually no argument to that. And that mm. that was a mistake. So I, I think I think we just overestimated how well we would do with the less eye level. Um and that that's basically what led to it. I mean, we talked forever while we we just did like a couple heroic bosses and opened our boxes and stuff like that. Um but I just think I think the main point is we didn't expect, and you can see this now. We didn't expect the boss To become that much monumentally easier Mm. with each eye level you get. Like, like we were talking earlier in the pre-show about our re-kill. Like we had four or five eye levels or something. Three new people, you know, different spots in the order. You know, we had a world. We had a gateway die in P two, and it didn't matter. And then we like we wiped at fifty k on our first pull back on it with like six higher level. And then we were just like, oh my god. Like then I think it really sunk in that like. We really made a wrong choice because i think a lot of people would still tell you that we made the right decision to go for it and also i would have hated to have field this isn't really a factor into our decision but i would have hated to feel questions like oh how do you feel that you got world first because you were the first person to get the reset and that's a totally valid point like if a reset is what it took to kill that boss which is pretty much what happened we would have gotten it 16 hours before method and that's bullshit. like that should not be that way right um and that and like the first week thing the whole 16 hour head start for NA it's kind of overplayed like there's a lot of things that go into it to where like if you kill a boss before them they can see your as far as like they have a 16 hour timeline and even people in method would tell you whoever gets first gets first in like the first week because they know like for example when they got to kill jaden uh in TOS it was like pretty much unpullable because it was so bugged and basically the entire 2 days that they spent on that boss ahead of the next guild were completely wasted so, like, their lead was gone. It's the same thing with Feta Devourer this year. Feta Devourer was unkillable, so we kind of lost the ability to have whatever lead we are granted by Blizzard because we're stuck on an unkillable boss. I mean, I guess you could farm loot, but I think one of the reasons we killed it so fast is we didn't. We we wanted to get better at the boss, and we did. Um, but that 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 slows you down, and it really closes that gap. Um, but the reset isn't arguable.
0: I guess I want to bring... yeah. I want to bring up the, to put a little bit of perspective on this too, and I brought the same thing up on Method Show last week, so you can just go back to this point where we talked about this in the opening, is that credit where credit is due, because so I like to pick up these little things, because the mathematicals are all what you guys are fighting. The top guilds in your position at this at this stage, you're always usually fighting the math part, because your execution and the player skill are above and beyond going to be what separates you from the rest of the pack mm-hmm. but math obviously is one thing you can't always circumnavigate without just math so your Gahoon kill for your world first you were at or your world second under the world first 371.9 versus methods after they get their reclear 373.5 and that may yeah. not mean a whole lot to many people out there but that nearly two-ish eye levels across your entire 20 man is a lot of numbers so that is a huge thing you still killed it without the reset (laughs) so well yeah obviously it doesn't matter
1: right it is it is an an item level gap matters a lot on a boss or even an entire raid where every boss and every encounter is about killing the boss or an ad before it kills you but The bottom line is we would have done it on Tuesday with better play and we proved that on Wednesday. Yep. The only difference right. between Wednesday and Tuesday was better play. There was no additional gear. We were still on the same lockout. All we did was play better in a global sense of making the correct decisions of how to do the boss. That was it.
3: Yeah. I can't, I think
0: I can't imagine how much you've learned from this that that
3: that Oh yeah. That's like two days back to back. I mean, Oof. I mean, I mean Going over how much we learned this tier, you can't even quantify it. So initially, our plan, um, which we didn't announce or anything, but our plan was to go for world first, and there was also a tweet about this, which I will hopefully clarify here by someone no longer in the guild, but it was uh, definitely taken out next. of context. That's next, yeah. Um, and, like, we we were going for world first in the second raid of this tier, which means, like, two weeks off work, whole raid. We still had, like, five people that were working every day this tier. Um, and that that's what that meant. So for this tier, right before, we were, like, we were just gonna do our normal one to two day day raid and just play it cool, see what we can learn. And then we were like, wait, like the only thing keeping us from not raiding Thursday and Friday, and then the weekend everyone can day raid because no one does anything and we're all degenerates and all that. But like the the people working on Thursday and Friday, we needed one healer to get off to be able to pull like a five heal boss. And then we were like, we made it work. And one of them wasn't here, but the other one was. And we were able to, you know, get by with that and still raid. And we we're like, you know, it'd be great before we went for this, you know, a chance to See what it's like to do these hours. Like it's it's a skill, a learned skill, to be able to raid that much and not tilt and still stay productive and learn how to eat during breaks and stay hydrated and all that stuff. Like, like we were like we should give ourselves like a like a a test run of doing conditioning, yeah, like a like a five day test run, which is what it ended up being, Mm. and then see where we're at. And then it turns out we were doing really well. We pulled extended hours on Monday. You know, none of us are ever going to say. Like, the, the idea that we didn't try, if anyone ever says that is bullshit, we tried as hard as we possibly could to get world first, and we didn't. And that's the end of that. But, like, this we learned so much. Like, like I mean, when we got world first vetted, when we got world first Mithrax, like, we didn't sleep. I, I couldn't. Because it's it's going to be different in the future, but, like, when you actually, you're so excited that you realize that you're good enough to compete with anyone, and you didn't know that, and that's, like, going through us. I mean, obviously, always have a really good environment, and everyone's happy, but, like, that was, like, you know, you were so excited, you couldn't even think about sleeping. Jeef did not sleep from Friday night until Monday. Well, that's not healthy, sir. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> well, no. He, well,
1: there's an important lesson there about uh, stopping the raid and going to bed instead of stopping the raid and then trolling other people. Well,
3: yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But, I mean, like, just in general, like, we had, like, we... Like, you know, we didn't have a set schedule. We, like, we woke up at a different time every day. We went to sleep at a different time every day. Like, we did so many things wrong, which is, like, kind of validates our reason of trying this before we, in quotes, were going to really go for it. Like I right. said, where we went for it this time, to be clear. But, like, they, uh, you know, that that's the kind of thing where, like, you know, next time, like, we know we can compete with Method or any other guild for World First. So we're going to go into the next year knowing that. And when we kill a boss World First, or if we kill a boss World First, we're not going to sit around and gloat about it and be happy which which i don't really regret because it's cool it's really cool that we're doing really well um but you know we're gonna be like okay you know it's time to go to sleep you know being well rested is very important and one of the many things we learned but i think something that we were really happy with is like we went into every boss that we did with our exact like beta strat we changed it a little on uh unfetted because in in beta it was super super easy and almost killed it and then we like didn't even really think of it much because of that then they like buffed the hell out of it but um you know they you know we we did everything the way we wanted to do it with our own ideas i think method for the same reason they like we we all thought that Gahoon was going to be like mages uh or like you know just someone to solo it which was mages gh's warriors rogues moonkins warlocks Right, uh, monks, couple, a bu- bunch of classes that could do it, and we went more of the warlock route, warlock and moonkin because we thought they were better class in mage. They went mages. Then when we got there, you know, we had to change that, and then we did the double gate thing. It was actually like tags figured that on the first pull, which is crazy. It was like super smart. Like, hey, why don't we just do this? And it's like, oh my god, that's insane. Um, and you know, you know that, that that's that's why. It's like we gave ourselves the validation that we could compete with players, but also that the way we worked it out. Um, and the way we figured out how to make improvements was entirely on our own merit, which was really, which we honestly got the benefit of that. Like, if we started behind Method, think about how much of their stream we would have been conferring and watching. You know, we were, yeah. we killed, we killed Fetid, and then we got Zul to 15% with the rogue comp, went to sleep, woke up, and they killed Fetid and Zool, or they were killing Zul, like, when we woke up. And then they were, like, on Mithrax, like, two hours ahead of us because we were sleeping. And then we, like, that's that's the one thing I'll say of information we got from their stream this year is while we were pulling Mithrax and working out P1, they were, like, in normal working out that back and forth thing, which we improved and made our own uh, by figuring out how to make them still spawn on the same spot without having uh, to hear
0: the main thing. That cheesy, yeah, I saw that. Yeah,
3: yeah, they tried it in a different spot, but that one caused uh, line of sight issues. We found a spot that didn't... But they like, that's what we got. Like, we figured out their P2, which was like kind of along the same lines of what we wanted to do. But like, that's what we got. But other than that, we were ahead of them or doing something different the whole time. So, like, that's why, like, we don't really want to stream, right? Because, like, if we were starting after them, we would have been looking at everything they were doing. And if we're starting before them and we're streaming, you know, they they have a much better idea of what to do going into some of those bosses, which is like kind of one reason why, just in general, like, it's just kind of counterproductive to our goal to stream right now
0: yeah Prihi has something to add because I had a point on that oh, one that i I definitely no go ahead Prihi. go ahead
4: so everything kind of leads to this one problem, which is just that the raid releases at a different time for different yeah. people like everything that we say will literally lead back to that um so I feel like uh yeah i mean if if we are streaming right if we're you know finally deciding to go for it uh hopefully that's not the case I really hope so
0: yeah, that was I, I literally wrote that in the notes right there because that's what I wanted to bring up. Because the next point I was going to say was about Blizzard changing things during the Mythic World First raid race, which some things have to be. Fret to Devour, literally a boss you can actually not meme about because it was mathematically not a thing. Not sure whether the numbers were worth that one, but obviously that got fixed. That was a tuning change, not a nerf, to get that correct, but. I do wonder, they did the world launch of the entire game, why is there still a really weird disjointed launch of the raid, especially now, and I I brought this up to to Scott and Roger on the show, uh, that Blizzard has to see, they have to have known the viewership that they brought in watching this. Now, if you're not going to stream, that's that's fine. But if it was actually a a race that was on even footing, it launched at the same time globally. They can't ignore the fact that that has to be something they should look at, right?
4: Yeah, I mean, if if they're going to change it, they need to be told that that's what people want, right? So if you want that to be a thing, then you need to let your uh, your opinions be known to Blizzard, right? Because obviously they're a company; they're just going to do whatever is you know best for them. So um, get the message across if that's what you want. I mean that's what we want, so yeah, absolutely. There's
3: yeah the there's tuning no, change on Fed, Oh sorry, go ahead, G.
1: Uh, There's there's no world in which a race can be fair if someone gets to start hours ahead of the other. There's yeah. always going to be there's always going to be some kind of drama, right? Because if you started at 10 a.m. in the U.S. and started at the same global time, then you starting closer to their bedtime and they're going to go to sleep first. And there's always going to be someone on you know MMO or somewhere that's going to make a point of oh it's still not fair, but there's there's a there's obviously a big improvement you can make from just not even being able to walk in the raid for sixteen hours.
0: Right.
3: That's very um, true. And yeah, that's uh that's something where I mean the only way to really counteract it now currently is like if we or them or exorcist or anyone else is going for World First kills a boss in the first reset and no one else does. That's the only clear and definitive like they did something no one else did. Um, which is pretty unlikely because if we do that you know if we kill something in the first reset they're probably already going to be close right um and they have you know and they know like the kill comp they know it's killable like there's a lot of information that gets shed through that um the first week head start isn't as big of a thing like that's why i think i would love if it's like a first week thing because i think that shows like even like even though there's a small lead because of the na thing like the second week is like i said with the reset is where it's going to get totally out of control because the way personal loot is right now is you get, like, basically no upgrades from Heroic, especially this raid. And then, like, when you reclear Mythic, like, your eye level skyrockets way faster than it ever did before because they tuned bosses for Master Loot, which is us shoveling gear into, or end bosses for Master Loot instead of beginning bosses, which is why they used to be so easy, but shoveling gear into people. So, like, when you are doing that, they're not going to get that much gear from a Mythic reclear. Um, Now, that's totally different. So that's why in the first week it's good. Like, Fetid, there's a hilarious story about Fetid. Like, we were on Fetid the first day, and, like, every guild, every good guild has, like, a, you know, like, a Blizzard person they can kind of talk to about when stuff is going wrong um in progression. And we were, like, hey, like, this, we, like, did this on beta, and it seemed fine, but now, like, these ads, I think they have, like, way too much health. And they initially said, like, you need to swap to them quicker, which was hysterical, because they nerfed it by, like, a ton. Well, the mutated mass um,
0: had, like, 7 million HP.
3: Yeah, I mean, you could lust and use all your cooldowns, and you could get through one wave, and it you yeah. just miserably wipe to the second one. Exactly, no, no, so it's, like, clearly no. they had too much health. So then okay. they did the second nerf. The boss was killable then. We were one tanking and getting it decently low,
4: right. um, but
3: that was the only way it was doable with uh without like maybe stacking an exact rate of like you know four mutated mass DPS and mages and hunters and somehow making it work. But it was like one tanking seemed to be the only way to do it, and one tanking was pretty easy with a brewmaster. Um, but they and then and then they changed it to be killable, and then both of us killed it pretty quickly. Um, but that that kind of stuff which happens every tier by the way. I can name you a boss in every tier where Method was in the lead and they lost a little bit of that lead to the second person because a boss was so bugged when they got to it that it right. was basically not able to progress on it, which happens in the first week. And that's like that's why Method will say like, you know, if you get world first, you get world first, but I would feel can you imagine if if we got world first and we killed it right after a reclear and then they did the same thing? It's like Yeah. Like I said before, that's bullshit. Like that 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 means so much now in a in a world where we live in personal, which is terrible by the way, but like (laughs) that like that that's the world we live in. And I would hate for it to ever come down to something like that.
0: Hmm. That's I guess that goes over the question I was gonna go out with, but I want you to follow up on the previous point about that tweet that was sent out before we move on yeah. to the the actual split ray discussion. So the deciding to go hardcore, to sort of end cap that original part of the, the show discussion here, that the whole much closer to Uldir, you decided, so it wasn't the thing you had pre-planned, you didn't really go into the whole expansion well, with the three weeks, blah, blah, blah. But you want to clear that yeah.
3: up? okay Yeah, it's very easy. The, the, before the expansion, we had a meeting, and we were like, hey, the second rate of this expansion... We want, we used the word whole hog. I remember, like <laughs> nice. we want to, we want to, we want to go for it. We want to go for world first. We want, we said what that meant. Obviously, a lot of more preparation than we had been doing on PTR and stuff like that. A lot more communication and you know two weeks off. We're going to go for it. Who can do it? Who cannot do it? It was a resounding yes. No one disagreed. No one said they didn't want to do it. This has kind of been, and I can get into this a little more later, but like kind of been what we have been building for while never officially stating it. Um, and we never were going to take the first year seriously. And then we got close to it and we did so much preparation. It was like a week before, and we're like, hey, all we have to do is have this one guy, one of you two healers needs to get off Friday and Saturday, and we can do a five-day thing and actually learn how this works hmm. instead of a two-day thing. It was about I, I want maybe it was two weeks before. It was at, at least it, one week. Um, and then I, it
4: was a week before, yeah.
3: It was yeah, like I mean, really yeah, pre, yeah. I mean the reason pre didn't kill a lot of bosses this year, Preet was working Thursday, Friday, Monday, Tuesday. You know, when you're getting to a boss and you see the next day and you're like, all right, we might kill this in the morning. Obviously, you're not going to have Preed in right? Because, like, he can't be there. So, like, he's not going to have as many pulls um, as other people. We had a few bosses where he came in later and we're like, all right, oh, my God, another mage right now would be perfect. And he came in and killed it. But that was basically our, our thinking. Um, but, you know, so we had about, we were missing all, we had all of our players except for four on the days that we had. And we had a 27-man roster, so we had, like, 23 people. Um, and that's what we did. So we yeah we uh, did like five days, and then we like kind of did a little Monday thing, a little late, and had to end early. And then Tuesday we went, we rated so much, and we rated like ten a.m. to like five in the morning Eastern or something. It was ridiculous. And then uh, and then
4: we had to funny story had, about that. I wasn't even in. I I was at my computer just watching. Yeah, everyone so hyped hype. Because I was I was so ready to play the Obama clip that I had spent so many hours trying to find for our kill streams, <laughs> oh, God. and I fell asleep at my computer.
3: Yeah, we were we way. were giving it all we had. Like we can't say we didn't try, man. We tried, and then and then we, we had people had work on Wednesday and we couldn't log on till six, and that's when we killed it. So we we went as hard as we could have gone, and then yeah, that that's basically when we decided to go hard. I will say, like, you know, kind of just to give some backstory, in last expansion, you know. And the tier before that, HFC is when we were created, or BRF was when we were created. We fully did HFC, and got us first. Um, we we were we were created from seven people from BL, uh, five from Duality, some from Promethean, a bunch from Nightmare Asylum. Um, we had a one player from SNF, and uh, I'm trying to think of the other guild. And so we had, and then we had a lot of blood legion players who just got done in blood legion, right? and blood legion died. So they were very they had a huge aversion to raiding this much. They were like, I want to do it efficient. I want to raid with good people and raid like 5 to 7 days a week. And that's what we did for a long time. But as they kind of weeded themselves out, right now we have one BL player left. Um you know, more people came in and they were hungry and they wanted it. And over time we were able to accrue the players that could actually do this and we thought we're good enough to do this. We were never going to do this if we thought we because we've been getting consistently better every tier. Um and it was kind of just in this expansion where we're like, all right, we picked up four or five like insanely good players in this last farm. And we're just like, huh. we gotta go for it. Like we're yeah. good enough. We're gonna we we could never quit this game and say we didn't try for you know most of the guild. Um and it it took a long time. Like like the example I gave earlier. Like I looked at it two weeks ago. You know, like the 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 top end player pool in the US is just like it's pitiful compared to what it is in EU. Like, there was seven... At one point, there was seven guilds that killed Mithrax in the US, and there was, like, 35 in EU. You know, that's, like, the pool. And uh, that's why there have been so many more successful EU guilds, outside of the fact that the people leading them are great, obviously. Um, But, like, that's why it took forever for us to, you know, really get the players we want. And with Legion killing every other good US guild, basically, um, because of the way Legion was, how grindy Uh, it was, we had... Yeah, we had the benefit of basically picking the best players from all the guilds dying, and then that's pretty much what our guild is now.
0: Now, all of the best players and things that you've built in the whole NA side, not to go the whole NA EU discussion, because this discussion, however, is the one that you've peppered into some of the the, the answers earlier, but I have to ask, there are pros and cons to this. So in the past, it was always split rating. Now it's basically become split Mythic Plus pre-raid farming rating or whatever you want to call it, whatever Reddit or the MMO Champion forum wants to meme it about. But I'm going to throw this over to to Jeith to because you probably healed so many Mythic Plus now that I imagine you're already bored of them and you still have like a year and a half left of dealing with them?
1: No, I, I love them almost as much as I love World
0: <laughs> Quest. <laughs> oh, I, don't... Come on. Chat didn't see when I was setting up the show that you were doing a beachhead, and I I, I do not... <laughs> don't do not do this to me. But yeah, so how... What's your raid preparations like for Uldir now? Because so much... And a lot of preparation happens outside of the raid. Anyone that says it doesn't or doesn't understand this is obviously just uninformed. But what is BFA's pre-raid or outside of raid prep like mm. in this Mythic Plus is so important world we live in now?
1: well the the first raid of, a, of an expansion is always a little, little different because you get three weeks to pick your characters yeah. prep them as best as you can and that's that's truly a really really condensed timeline and, and it ends up reflecting on the race because you really have to make good guesses and get lucky with your guesses you guess that these three characters are going to be the ones that are most plausibly used in a mythic raid and those are the ones you level and prep uh in terms of just like actually getting ready. Obviously you do your AP quests and you do any quests that might give you gear and you start doing mythic plus and yeah that, that week when mythic plus opened we had we we split up the guild into groups and put the, the characters that we thought were going to be your mains into these groups to try to clear as much mythic plus as possible during the pre-assigned raid hours and then obviously outside of that people could continue to play if they wanted to and keep farming gear and Basically, try to get just as much gear as you possibly could. Get going into Mythic Plus to go into the uh, to go into the Mythic Week. Um, in a world of personal loot, though, you're going to get more power gains from the Mythic Raid than you do from the Heroic Raid or the Mythic Plus from Heroic Week. That Mythic Week is bigger in terms of gaining power than anything you did beforehand, whether you're in the raid or not. Because then they kicked the item level that you could get from Mythic Plus up, and then if you're not in the raid, you're farming heroic are
3: more level gear. You're getting more
1: gear than the people that are in the raid. Because yeah. the people yeah. in the raid aren't getting anything. They're wiping to fed it. The people outside the raid are the ones farming, farming big upgrades, which is a, a really interesting
3: dynamic. We killed Vectus at 363, and we killed Mithrax at 369 or 370 or something. And the only thing that happened was we killed two mythic bosses. But basically, what happened? Yeah, uh, yeah, is we we that was mythic plus, you know? Yeah.
4: You've got the main raid team, right? And then in the background, there's like this carousel where like one dude jumps out of the raid, gets on the carousel, and gets looted up in Mythic Plus by like <laughs> the dudes who are doing that. And then they hop back in. You swap out the next person. You just that's, keep going. That's one of the really there's there's a huge debate, obviously,
1: about personal loot. But one of the most interesting dynamics about personal loot is you don't progress in raid necessarily by being in raid anymore. Before this expansion, the way you the way you got the gear to raid was you raided you know you got all the gear you needed from the heroic from the heroic week and you and you got the vast majority of the item level you were going to kill the last boss with was the stuff you got that week now that's not true anymore you're going to get one piece from heroic week if that maybe two maybe zero you know rng happens and if you need more gear you don't you don't do it by doing the raid you pursue your raiding progression by going and doing pvp or mythic plus which is an interesting and to a lot of people distressing dynamic
0: yeah, that's why I wanted to. It's, it's funny you brought that up too, because I wanted to give a shout out to Roger. He's in chat, and he said they, they wish they knew that PvP gear was going to be better than Mythic Plus for like the initial bump, because they would have just gone, done guild RBGs all week. Because I think once people found out that, oh, RBGs yeah. just give you heroic raid loot basically once you get to a certain point, like every time you do an RBG, oh, okay.
1: It was strange that they had a higher. They had both sets of gear capped going into Mythic Week, but the cap on the PvP gear was just higher. I don't know why that doesn't make any sense to me, but it was. So yeah, we got we had tons of people wearing you know various levels of Duelist or Rival Gladiators gear as their bis PVE stuff.
0: Yep, and to turn that over to I know Max has things about personal loot, but I wanted to put this in like the positive light. Because even if the split raiding stuff is mostly, at least for the forward progression facing stuff, gone or done with or not as important anymore. Giving up multiple characters of course still is, but easier to do outside the raid, as we just talked about. The post raid, when you're on farm, leading into the next raid tier is going to be very interesting because of personal loot. And Do you want to talk about that, Max, to let everyone know what, what this means?
3: I mean, yeah, I mean, well, this tier is different than any other because the only way you had Azraite before this raid was from Mythic Zeros, which is hilariously bad. But like, you, a lot of power gain was based around that. I mean, now, now you're in a run where 385 loot is dropping and, you know, you can split farm a lot of that. To, so and I mentioned this before. Vaster loot was way superior before during Heroic Week. But as you'll see now, personal loot is like, something that we actually used last expansion a bit when doing heroics and mythics for this exact reason. But stacking groups is more OP than master loot ever was. You get two more pieces of gear a boss on average with personal loot than you did with master loot. Um and then you can stack your raid to be a specific armor type. With Azurite this matters even more because you can trade those Azurite pieces, you get the same trinkets, the same weapons, you can do all that kinds of stuff. Like for example, we're clearing the raid 3 times next week and then like a fourth little baby run. Um and that's going to be those groups are going to have to be as strong as possible. A month from now, you know how many splits we're doing, you better bet like all the hunters that we can manage are going to be in one group, all of the this and this and that. And just yeah. you're in a situation where like 10 people are going to be able to trade the same loot and you're getting 50% more. So it's going to be better to prepare for the raid. And this is something before you could have done, but Master Loot was just so good because you wanted the best pieces to always go to mains, which now isn't true. But you want to have enough people with 390, 395 pieces to be able uh, to potentially trade whatever you can get out of the next raid that's super op. Um, and that's why it'll be so much different. I think a lot of what you'll be wearing next year is um, mythic loot for sure. I think much less mythic plus. I think I think mythic plus giving you that much loot unless they make mythic plus drop 400 eye level, um, hmm. which they might. Um, uh, mythic week next time you're gonna like this time it was like you're you're upgrading every single piece you have um in mythic plus basically almost every piece except for azurite and in the future you're going to be much closer to that number than you were this time so i feel like i feel like the mythic plus meta during progression is going to be less important but still a thing Um, but i definitely think in farm you know split rating and having as many geared characters i this is like one of the best expansions for alts like for sure i mean uh you know the legion was horrific For playing alts and this one's kind of like you can have a lot of things geared and prepared and you want to be ready to stack as many of what on whatever fight so and personal loot makes it super easy to do that but stance on personal loot being forced definitely terrible for sure
4: but not having the choice always sucks
3: yeah definitely really really bad not as bad as azurite but it's bad um but like it you can work around it and kind of make it work in your favor
1: except except in one circumstance like for the most part my stance on personal is that is that it doesn't matter competitively because every single guild deals with the same thing none of you can feed the gear the op trinket who you want to but it does matter on an individual level extremely importantly because say you do the heroic raid and you've got four rogues and they're all really good players one in particular you know is a fantastic player you really want him to be in the raid but he gets no drops especially in this tier the first here of an expansion that's so important that, that he's now like you know five or six item levels behind just because of rng and now someone who is a you know a great player and should be in on every pull is your worst geared rogue and not a yeah. viable player through no fault of his own he's the guy that under masterly you would have looted the shit out of and instead he just can't play that's the sucky part about personally when it comes to the competitive aspect has no impact whatsoever every guild has to deal with the exact same issue
3: yeah and and that happened to us and method Um, This tier which is super unfortunate because like in in these high-end rate in high-end rating. I mean Gahoon's a perfect example where you just need damage It would have been totally different with master loot like our our five to seven Of our most geared players going into Gahoon were tanks and healers That is like that's weird. I mean ground zero for like the worst thing you can imagine Like you don't need to like in the past you never like geared healers way behind DPS tanks But brewmaster monks need literally no gear to tank anything so you know this is—it's all completely wasted. Um, and the method had the same thing. They had a lot of uh, healers and tanks geared as well, where that like that would never be the case, and never is needed, and it puts you so much farther behind damage checks than you would even really think. You have to kind of critically think about where that would be in the alternative, just with the gear spread around where you'd actually want it, outside of coins, obviously.
0: That brings and, up and also
3: Jeets oh. point. Oh, sorry, good. Oh
0: yeah, well yeah, Jeets put a good point in chat. So to put that, make sure it's in the audio and the our wand, healers whatever. are freaks. Well oh, oh I mean I wasn't gonna bring up that one, but <laughs> the yeah. the the way that I had talked about this, I think leaving Legion going into BFA is totally gonna come to a head here. And I'll I'll put this one over to preheat from the DPS stand, standpoint of things, right? So you are now on this stage going to go into the next tier and the tier after that in this way that rating is now in, in BFA, where it's totally easy. I keep getting asked all the time on my stream, why am I playing my Havoc Demon Hunter? Where's my Enhancement Shaman? Back and forth, back and forth. It's way easier, I only balance two characters, to actually play two characters now. And in your case, probably have four to six, I don't even know, you have so much more time ahead of you to gear up all these characters, so when you're in Siege of Zuldazar, and when you're in the new two-boss little Onyxia raid, that's totally not about old gods. If Preheat He's to play as mage. You can play as mage. You can be to play a hunter. He can have a hunter. Maybe he has a warlock or a boomkin or a shadow priest. I don't know. You'll have those all at like 400 eye level. You have so much time to gear them. And that's what you guys are going to do as these top guilds are going to see going into the next tier. So how is that going yeah. to affect your prep now going into this Um so
4: I'll talk about it. I'll talk about it generally, because this actually is um I'm probably like the the outlier in this, right? Just because I've got so many other uh obligations um i only have two characters actually just uh, a druid and a mage nice um but the thing is is that we have a lot of players in the guild who i would call like all-stars who can just play like any class any spec right and they're gonna be as good as the rest of them right Mm -hmm. so for people like that you know and we have a ton of them in this guild um you know it's great because it means that uh anything that you need to you know flex to we're gonna have the dude super looted because of how splits work right So the guys are going to just be just as geared as anyone else. Um, They've already been playing them. So they've got, you know, the reps in that they need. Um, So, yeah, it means that you'll see some crazy comps coming out, right? Like any comp that we want. The goal uh, for us as a guild is to have the ability to bring in any comp we want. Right. Right. We never want that to be like a limiter. And we never want to, you know, want to bring someone in as this class. But uh, they're, you know, so much better as this other class. Now, that's not to say that that isn't sometimes the case, right? Um, but yeah, I think that, uh, because of how loot, how it works now, um, it means that you see a lot more class stacking. It's a lot easier to class stack now, I think, than it was in the past. Right. I was alluding
1: that a a little bit when I talked about the difference between the first raid of an expansion and the second, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, In the first raid, you've only got that three weeks to prep. We choose to gear up a bunch of Warlocks. Other guilds don't ascribe that to whatever you want. It's most likely luck. And has a huge impact potentially because then other guilds end up saying oh well we need a lot of warlocks and we didn't have them ready next year that's not gonna be the case any guild that is seriously competing for world first next year is going to have every single class stacking option they want it'll be a completely different scenario
0: yeah it's gonna be exciting i've always i think i've said this over and over again from mop to warlords to legion and to now that the first raid tier is interesting about any expansion we get to like talk about the ins and outs, the weird balancing problems, which bosses are totally broken, the whole Butcher debacle with skipping Butcher and then going back after you've already killed Empyre of Margok, like all these little things that come out, right? But that first tier is always kind of goofy. It's the second and third tier, if you actually have three tiers unlike Warlords, those are the real heavy hitter ones because at least now, more so than the past expansions, you can do the rostering, you can make these comps, you can have all the rogues on hand not bring in freshly leveled alts for cheese strats you'll just have those characters available and that'll yeah, that's be really the only thing yeah
3: that's the only thing we got right is we i mean <laughs> any anyone oh. anyone testing a uh, Zool yeah or mythrax there's a good mythrax right like like obviously like we had six rogues 365 or higher when we pulled Zool. like we We were entirely prepared for. I mean, that was whether it was a burn strat or a control strat, sub rogues were going to be the best class in that boss, no matter what, because of the way it was. Um, and the same thing with Locke Locke, very similarly. There, well, there's something extra we were going to do on Gahoon with Locke, but like the you know, those two things we got right. But like Jeet was saying, you get lucky. What happens if they just gut sub right before the raid comes out? What happens if what happens if they? gut affliction like they should have or like tried to and then like reverted it which was like completely ridiculous but you know like that stuff is always close to happening you can all you can do is look at what a class does and what it does well I think a sub rogue is a perfect example they do what they do better than any class in the game and ever will at this point and you just see what they do like what defensives they have like why they would be good for a particular fight and then you generally bank on that and then you can make some last second swaps if like some random class is just insane, like whatever, like Feral Druid Shadow or Oh, oh, Feral Druid, Oh, Dude, Shadow Priest will be good. Like, like, they're gonna be changed in 8.1. They're terrible to play right now, but they're fine. Like, we we were using yep. them in some of our runs this week and they were owning. They just kind of yeah. suck at doing good progression damage. Like, yeah. they don't do good target swap damage. They kind of do like some burst AOE thing, but like, you know, when that class, if that class gets buffed, it's going to be very good. Obviously, it all depends on what you think is going to be best for the last boss because that's what you're gonna kind of want to gear the whole raid. Right. But but just in general, like I, I think Shadow Priest's hole of despair they are in for this tier, which was warranted. Um, I think you will see you will see more of them in the future. Yeah, I, I guess saw
0: so. oh go
1: ahead. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just gonna say I saw an interesting point in chat saying that, well, all about this you're, you're talking about being able to have a bunch of characters in class deck if you want, but what if the Azura requirement is too high? The reality is that personal loot makes that not an issue. For the, for the, for the most part, the gear you're going to be going into the mythic raid with is the gear that we're farming right now with the current Azerite requirements. Whatever Azerite requirement they put on the new gear and the new raid can be as high as they want. You're going to get none of it. Anyway, you might RNG into one, you might not. So if they put a requirement that you have to have 35 traits and you don't have 35 traits, it doesn't matter because you farmed this gear now that you can get the traits into. Right. Right. If it were were a mass loot situation, you could feed those traits to the people you wanted to be the most geared. Then it might matter that you've picked a main and farmed your 35 traits on it. If they hypothetically want to put some kind of Azerite wall on on that gear.
4: Yeah, and to add to that, uh, I don't have a screenshot of it, but we always have like a spreadsheet the first week where we look at the people who need like tier, right? And Azerite is kind of the same idea, right? Um, And in in tiers previous, right, because we still have them, uh, the whole thing is green, except for, like, three or four reds, right? And then we know, okay, well, these are the people we need to give a little extra attention. Um, this expansion, it's literally flipped. Like, we have, like, four greens. The whole thing is red, aside from this, right? And it's just kind of an interesting shift to see how that works. Yeah, Obviously, the rest it's of rights front. on alt.
3: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: yeah. <laughs> And it's all up front, right? Because, like, uh, you know, all of the uh, the difficulty in gearing is up front with personal loot. But as soon as you get over that hump, it's so back ended that you will just be so insanely looted, yeah. Right. I think the the
0: undertone there in the chat question, though, this is like the next little like side question I had, so I think mean, this answers it. So I'll move on to the other little ones, so we can move on to the mid show break and then the the kill video segment. But I think it might come down to they wondering about the actual level of the Heart of Azeroth and how that will play out. And then, of course, just goes over time. Like, you average, like, one-ish eye, you know eye um, level up on your neck a week, maybe a little higher, one-ish plus if you go really ham on, on AP. But we know you're going to graduate from the current Tier 1 BFA Azeroth gear to the Tier 2 stuff because they're adding another ring. So, obviously, you're going to want that because it's going to have more set bonuses essentially on them, even though they're mostly just trinket procs. The new ones look pretty good to actually make some impactful change. We'll still all the old ones, of course, but they're probably going to nerf them like by 50%. So we'll see how that plays out if they put that on the 8.1 PTR, unlike the beta where they gave us Azerite testing for three days before launch. So hopefully we'll know beforehand. But, because I was going to ask, do you guys prefer Azerite traits or tier sets? And I think by that Google document answer... I would imagine you probably prefer tier sets.
4: Well Azerite's well, a fine system. They just they need to make some changes. Very small things. We'll talk about more. Go ahead, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say that
1: I don't care so much about getting loot or not getting loot, right? The fact that the spreadsheet is green or red doesn't really matter because every guild deals with that too. I care about having to have 18 pieces of Azerite in my bags instead of yeah. just putting my tier on. And I care about having to spend 40,000 gold every day specking from disc to holy to try to be optimal for my raid. I care about that kind of stuff. Yeah. Not, not... Not, you know, as right trades versus tier powers. It's all, you know, whatever. It's just quality of life stuff. But the the current system is worse for quality of life. Exactly. Oh,
2: yeah.
0: Yeah, like
4: unbelievably worse. Like, uh, like, it's hard for me to think of a worse scenario other than just like literally not letting you change it all, which is pretty close to what we're at, right? Um, and it just doesn't make any sense. Like, you you, you like, okay, we're going to make a new system, okay, and, and how are we going to do these traits? Well, let's just make one for every spec and then lock it in for all three specs. What else in the game works this way, right? I feel like they tried to get away from this sort of design, and now we're right back there, right? Because think about tier. Tier used to be for one specific spec, and you had to get all three sets of tier. And then they said, oh, we don't want people filling their bags with tier, so we're making this change. I believe it was in uh, mop. That changed, where you now can wear it for any, you know, any spec. Right, but now we're back there, and it doesn't quite make sense to me.
0: That, that's just a little bit of Blizzard logic. I mean, they usually they don't, they kind of forget things they learned two expansions ago. But we'll see if eight point one. I'm not going to draw on about Azeroth gear. Enough of that out there on the internet, but. Quick little questions here, because chat and the internet always likes these sort of questions. So if you want to give some short and sweet answers to these next two, we'll go around the table real quick here. Uh, Jeeth, you're first up for this one. Favorite and least favorite encounters in Uldir from a healer perspective?
1: Um, other than the bugs, I thought Kahoon <laughs> was probably my favorite healing fight of the tier. I thought it was really, really good. There's a lot of AOE damage, there's a lot of single-target triage damage, there's a lot of tank damage. I like fights that have that kind of varied requirements on healer attention, so I thought that was good. Obviously, Fetid, I think Fetid would have been a fantastic fight because it has similar things going on. High tank damage, high raid damage with extremely high-priority debuffs that must be topped before stomps, and that's the kind of thing that I enjoy doing as a healer. But obviously, the fact that it was unkillable leaves a really bad taste in the mouth and it's hard to say that that's one of my favorite fights as for least favorite in terms of healers obviously i mean I, I hate to pick on early fights but mother needed some kind of source of damage other than crossing the walls you cross the wall and then you don't do anything except yeah. DPS for two minutes at a time if the winds had done damage it would have been a better fight but again it's a second boss so if it's not terribly interesting for healers i can't really criticize
2: too much
0: that makes sense pretty what about you dps perspective
4: uh so my my perspective as far as like progression goes is kind of limited uh, but of the bosses I did, um, I I mean so Fetid like uh, is is kind of a cool fight just because I like I've always liked patchwork fights and like fights that are really tightly tuned, and I felt like uh, especially before the the second nerf, it was like really good, right? Um, but it, the mechanics were just kind of all over the place, like just it's almost like they just pulled them out of a hat. Um, I, but I do like how tight that fight was, so I'd probably go with Fetid. Um But in the re-clear. Uh, now that I've seen all the bosses, right, I would definitely have to go with Zul. And it's just because you walk in, and it's instantly a balancing act, and it's just, can we hold this all up for three minutes, and then it dies, right? It's just, like, such high pace, such high intensity. Everything's happening super fast, and it's all just, like, the balancing act. Can we keep it from falling apart? Oh, we did. Okay, it's dead.
0: Makes sense. Fair enough. Did you have a
4: least favorite then, though? Oh, least favorite? Mother. That fight is just so. <laughs> oh, <God>. There's there's <laughs> nothing fun about just standing still for 30 seconds. Yeah. Right.
0: Roger brings up in chat about what happened to the lasers in the phase three room from the yeah. PTR. That was a cool. Or from the beta, I, mean, I guess. Yeah.
3: Mother is just a horrific fight. It's just so. It was never even a problem. Like I'm not even saying that from the point that it was ever even a problem. It was. It's just. It just the design where. Half the raid just like sits off the boss and like kills ads that are slowly spawning, and then you pull it across. It just seems like a halfway put together thing that never saw its potential. And yeah, like there was, there was like this rotating beam in the last phase of Mother on PTR that was like, you know, decently harder to deal with than just a repeat of the second thing. And they never really.
1: Yeah, I actually, I actually missed testing on Mother and the entire. You know, we spend a couple of pulls dying to invisible lasers, but once we got to the last phase, everyone was like, watch out, there's going to be different lasers, you haven't seen these before, be very careful. I'm like, alright, I'm ready. I'm super excited. This is going to be fun. And no, uh, nothing there. Fight's over. I weird.
0: I wonder just what came out of the cutting room floor and what maybe didn't work properly. I mean, we, I, my guild wiped way too many times to Mother because we're all safe. Get in the middle. And someone just gets one shot still. It's like, alright, that's it fun. It's good, good stuff. But the i think the lore behind mother is neat she's cleansing you it's like a really cool like introductory boss like you're going through the clean room before you can go into the testing facility it's neat
3: lore wise but and she lasts the whole raid too she's like yeah, doing she's your narrator yeah,
2: yeah
0: yeah cool
3: like that, that that that's cool the fight blows <laughs>
0: so what's your yeah. favorite fight then max to wrap that segment up
3: well i'll leave farm entirely out of it because like i said sure. before um Gear makes every boss not a boss. And what I appreciate the most about bosses is difficulty and why it's difficult. Um I think okay, well probably Gahoon. I think. I mean, are you asking me from a tank perspective or just like a general tank, perspective? Yeah, I, tank
0: perspective, sure.
3: Okay. Um I I think Gahoon had a lot of interesting things you could do with tanks. Now that I've cleared it on a few of them and seeing that tank balance is actually like pretty good. Like all the tanks are very usable. Um and that that like had a lot of interesting decisions. Like something we decided to do was assign a few cooldowns to it, and we sent up our only Mistweaver and our other tank while I'm tanking an ad with like 35 stacks and the boss up to like however many stacks until they get done. And in progression sometimes that took a while, but like that was a little bit easier. And you could totally avert that. You could never have that or make your uh, make your groups a little more uh, balanced to where you never have to do that. And we we decided to go with like the cooldowns and making it short and sweet rather than like making it worse all the time. A little less or a little worse all the time, right? Uh, and I, I just think I mean Gahoon was the best fight of the tier. That the last phase of Gahoon before before the reset of gear was one of my favorite bosses that I've done. Even though mechanically it doesn't really stack up to some of the better end bosses, but it was a good boss. And Mithrax, I I think Mythrax Mythrax even on farm, I think it might be the hardest boss on farm now. Gahoon on farm, I mean Gahoon now is like, I mean there there are probably multiple bosses in the tier that are harder than Gahoon even with alts and People doing it for the first time, it just doesn't matter. Like, just nothing happens with gear. You don't take any damage. Uh, it's, it's remarkable. Mythrax is still mechanically challenging for the same reasons. Right. You know, if you're if you're doubling or getting hit by beams during imminent ruin, expiring with like a sphere break or something, you know, you're still going to die. So in ways in ways, Mythrax was a great fight. In that way, I really would have liked to have seen some situation where you couldn't do the like in quotes cheesy uh intermission strat because having to spread out and have personal accountability to dodge those beams which is super easy now that they changed it which is really interesting that that got changed changed
0: when, or fixed
3: <laughs> well i mean there's a lot of things we thought were not uh on the way like when we got to the boss and we saw that like tank cleaves on shears sometimes only spawned four orbs instead of eight we were like this doesn't seem right and then we, and then we looked at the dungeon journal it's like has a chance to spawn this many to this many orbs. Like, oh, that's actually intended. Uh, That's, that's crazy. Like, you know, you could get, you could low roll the whole fight and have to have a lot of donations from your friends. But, um, I I think the intermission could have been a lot harder because I think the boss in general wasn't really that difficult. It was, you know, repeating. It's the same kind of concept as when you pulled fallen avatar before you got good at fallen avatar and you were killing it. Once you were good with P one, you practiced P two by just instantly doing it on the pull. Right. So like, you you were well before we got banned or whatever, but like that 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 was like a way you got good at the last phase. So when you actually got there, you knew what you were doing. And that's sure. kind of what you did with Mithrax. You know, every phase is exactly the same. There's a little difficulty in getting out of the intermission cleanly and then seeing it again. But yeah, I, I don't know. Mithrax is a great boss. Zul could have been great. I think Zul suffered the same problem that uh, Desolate Host uh, had in and uh, whatever raid that was TOS right. Yeah. Um, where that could have been a super hard boss, and how hard Coven or Kingeroth could have been in uh, whatever raid. I mean, a lot of those bosses you give them a break for because they had to tune the raid for master loot and, you know, just the heroic guilds that were doing one run a week. And they couldn't mm. make early bosses insanely hard, um, or else, you know, the 90% of the people who play their game would not enjoy it as much, which is who they make the game for. But they also need to make like the last boss, last couple bosses really hard. Because you know the guilds that do split runs will just roll right over them, and th- those those bosses kind of suffered that same fate where they don't really have to tune for that. That's why I think raids now can be great, because they don't have to tune for both things. Both both those guilds and and our guild or method or whoever is going to have much closer to the same eye level, so they can make mid tier bosses great. And I was really hoping with that with Zul, and they, I think they kind of screwed up Zul.
0: There's. Just a couple little things that I wonder if they'll learn. There's always, and those are the same things I brought up before in the tier ones of any new expansion, is that these bosses are made during beta, like they're a year out. It's funny about the next two raids. I wonder if they delayed on purpose, because I remember doing raid testing for both Emerald Nightmare and the um, for Gul'dan, right, in Nighthold, in the beta for Legion, which didn't happen now. We didn't have two raids that were tested. Prehate's running away from us. Uh, we didn't have two raids that were tested in Legion, but in BFA, they might be designing the next raids with live data instead of beta data. So They could be a lot better in the future here. And that system obviously helps too. So, But Preheat actually is jumping the gun. You guys can actually walk away for a few minutes unless you have anything else you want to add. Because we have a little mid-show break where I'm going to ramble on about some stuff. So you can take a little bio break or step away if you have. How,
3: how long? like, three minutes or so,
0: if you want, before we start the kill video segment. Yeah.
3: All right. Oh, and uh, one thing before you do that. Um, yeah. I, I saw in the notes you wanted to say something about tank balance. It's not nonsense at all. In fact, I, I, I've i played them all ah. now, um, and that's, like, actually, I mean, brewmasters are the safe play in progression, um, but on a lot of bosses you cannot do the safe thing. Like, I tanked Mythrax on, like, a 355 DK or something, and it was fine. Um, but there's a lot of classes that require a lot less external healing. Um... And they're very strong, you know w- warriors now, uh, blood decays, paladins, uh guardians and uh, demon hunters take consistently more damage on most fights, but but those those uh, other tanks are actually much closer than a lot of people. oh my God, my dog. Uh, <laughs> the, they're much closer than people anticipate. Um, so I would encourage people a lot to try them out because they do have uh, much better raid benefits than brewmasters do and are very viable. That's all. I'm gonna go on break and I got a call. so
0: yeah, that's totally fine. That's good. Jake, did you want to say anything about healers before I break?
1: Uh, yes. Um, I, I saw Josh making some comments about disc, and I wanted to make sure that you heard my perspective, which ah, is yeah. nerf disc. That is all.
0: <laughs> oh, no. I was actually going to make a note right here so that my guy that does bookmarks would know, but uh, that's that's it then. All right, no, I mean,
1: I mean, yeah. In, t- in terms of healing balance, Legion was extremely well balanced for healers, but... Right. Uh, BFA definitely is not. Both specs of priests are undoubtedly the strongest specs in the game for healing. Disc is ridiculously strong because it it not only does, it doesn't just, in a world where Disc Priest did as much healing as any other healer plus boss damage, it would already be OP. But instead it just does more healing than any other spec, plus a ludicrous amount of boss damage, making it not only like mandatory to have one, but beneficial to have two or three of them. It's ludicrously unbalanced and hopefully gets fixed.
0: It's, see that's the weird part that I've always thought about Discipline is that either it has to be OP to be taken, or it's just dead. And it's not OP because of the the shielding nonsense. Yeah. So it's in a... It's finally good, like, you're like, it's good for this reason now. It's not good for the toxic reason of that you can absorb, heal, and shield everything, which is, that was the problem we thought was going to happen, but it didn't happen. It's just because it's actually just DPS strong. It's good to bring, but...
1: Yeah, absolutely. the, the moment they introduced this new disc mechanic, or this new idea for disc back in the the, the Legion beta, I, th- I said back then that it's always going to be either overpowered or potentially unusable. Because right. if it does as much healing as a regular healer plus boss damage, then it's overpowered. You really want to have one or two of them. If it does less healing than a regular healer, then there's not really a situation you're going to use them in. Because you want every healer in there doing as much as you possibly can to kill bosses like Kahoon. And people will tie... Try- People talk about well, what if a boss needs three and a half healers or four and a half healers, and you could bring a healer that does less healing but adds boss damage? The thing is, is that you really don't want to do that. The way that the way that specializations work is you want you want the maximum number of people doing the most damage possible, and the min- minimum number of healers doing the most healing possible, and 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 that will gain you the most total raid output. And having specs that are mediocre of both isn't the play. You want people who are awesome at one and suck at the other. That's what returns to specialization
4: to do. It's, right. it's, you know, high school economics. Well,
2: to pretty... add to that from the,
4: the DPS perspective, yeah, I can listen to you, Yeah, you're fine. Go, everything. Go um, here. Cool, yeah, so I, I just want to kind of expand on what Jeet was saying about like kind of having your niche, right? Knowing your niche. Um, when it comes to DPS, uh, there are some outliers that just have like a really strong niche, and also they're just the best at everything else, right? So... Um, I I think that the biggest example of this in, you know, the previous tier would obviously be Warlock, um, where (laughs) they're just insane at spread cleave. They're insane at, you know, ads being up, um, insane single target, really defensive. Um, I don't know. It's just, there's not like a clear cut niche for them, right? It's just kind of like, oh yeah, they're just good at DPS, right? Um, and it really kind of takes away the spotlight from other classes. Obviously it's all tuning dope um you know because other classes can be really good at one thing maybe the tuning isn't there but if they're good enough at that one thing then you're gonna bring them in right uh like execute or like uh you know uh, priority target damage during cleave um some examples of that right um but i just think that um obviously it all comes down to tuning that's the biggest thing no matter how good the design is if the tune isn't tuning isn't there then right it doesn't matter
0: it is an interesting one right now where the community is picking up a lot on the niche as the goal. Like, what do you bring, right? I mean, Enhancement Shaman, my main, I can damage funnel, but they gave a damage funnel to sub-rogues. And as Max said earlier, sub-rogues have a better damage funnel, so they damage funnel better than the class that had it first. And that's tuning or iteration. And 8.1 supposed to poke a few of those... Bubble wrap, bubbles. We'll see how that works. But Max just sat back down. I didn't even go to the break yet because Preheat came back and answered a question after the healer question. So now, because we have to get to the kills, I want to get to the kill video segment because so I want you guys to walk through that for everybody. So now, I'm going to mute, go over here, and battle about some things real quick. Again, I want to make sure I give a... Yeah, no breaks. I want to give a shout-out again to my patrons at the credits tier and higher of course they have earned this extra little reward to get shouted out during the live show and of course if you want to support the show that extra mile and get more of it there is more show because i do bts podcast the after shows of course the behind the scenes live shows that i'll be doing there's one coming up actually this weekend where you can ask me whatever get insider behind the scenes stuff about what's going on and how i make the shows happen you can always follow along on the show notes that's all ...on the show's Patreon page. We're at uh, up to 41 behind-the-scenes shows. So you can go back to the Legion ones of your class and spec. And of course, when the class and spec shows kick back up again uh, early in 2019... ...because I have a lot of shows already planned... ...then you can, of course, listen to all those right there. If you need to catch any of the past shows, if you've missed them... ...of course, the live shows are on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play... The Stitcher one I think is someone else now, I haven't actually checked that, I know iTunes, Google Play should still be there, or the RSS feed on the actual website, the new website has been launched, so you can go check out the audio only versions if you want to know where everything else is posted of course, Twitch streaming link, YouTube channel, Patreon support, everything else is right here, there's more to be done on my website, it is still being worked on. But again, everything else is also archived on YouTube, as well as the side content that I do and the little extra bits and pieces that I go for. Again, there's the the method show we had last week. If you want their take on all of this, then you can go check out that. Also, if you've been eyeballing the shirt, because we're talking about merch earlier today, too. There's also this shirt was this launched. This is Belina. She made the Azerite Days shirt that has been quite popular recently, as well as this little guy right here. This is the little lion and the little pupper. But you can go support the show in a physical sense as well with our huge assortment of art that a lot of our community artists have put together that I've worked with. And this, of course, all goes to support what I do here and to keep working with artists to make art on apparel. You can go on any of these, like the little artists right here. You can go into these and then you can customize them, put them on hoodies or tank tops or sweatshirts or blah, blah, blah. You can do whatever you want with them, change the color, put them on different types of material, different cuts of shirts, zipper, front hoodies, pullovers, all that good stuff. This all-over print by Tutron is epic. The front and back of that one. Or if you want my face all over you, I don't know, this is weird, but that was also a joke. I was dared to do it, and I did. But those are all right there on our DBH page, so you can help to support the show in that regard. However, Max just got timed out. You posted a link. Well, no. It, what Max, you're getting ahead of me, okay? Because I was gonna say I have merch, but then what's this link? What what's this link right here? Hold yeah, on. keep in your pants, dude. Wait, what's I have this pulled up? What's this? What, who is uh L I M I T. They have a really weird
3: logo where they have a lot of merch on it too. Who's this,
0: Max? What's this?
3: Yeah, it's our new let me see actually how it works. I'm pretty sure you can just go to that link and it comes up. I think everything that I said is available is still available,
4: right? Yeah, yeah. It's all here. Yeah, they're all in three-day cycles, so buy whatever you want, and then you'll get it uh, once the amount has been reached, which we've set to the lowest amount. So, you know, trying to keep keep those... It's been uh, shipping
3: consistently. I, yeah. I bought twice, and it came, I think, in like a week and a half or something, so
4: I don't know Also, how, if you're yeah. going to BlizzCon, get some of the merch, because, you know, someone there, someone big who uh, may have been interviewed in Wait. a previous episode will also be sporting some of our merch, so definitely be on the lookout for that.
0: Now is that a comment because Scott's just a big guy, or because he's a big name, or both?
4: No, he's a he's like a you know a pillar of the community. Oh, okay. And yeah, uh, he's, he's also huge. <laughs> yeah, he's also like built. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, he's. But a... yeah, so uh, I mean, a...
3: even if he was big, I don't think he'd be able. I'm pretty sure, just from our guildies buying stuff, we're sold out of all of the triple X stuff. Oh, really? You know, because of fat Americans and such. Yeah, of course, absolutely true. So. Now, let's move over
0: to. I've got you've all got the, uh, the watch together all sorted here, right? So I can't start. Well, I think I can start the video from the other window I have open. But we have about half an hour. We can walk through this. You can pause and start and stop it or whatever. I put a couple of bullet points in the Google document, but you can just walk whatever you want to go through all the little details of this. And whoever wants to jump in and talk about anything in particular, we can go. But I'm ready to start. If you're ready to start, shall we? Yeah,
3: let me let me open it up.
0: Yeah. We're going to do the other kill video live commentary segment here. So those of you that are listening on the audio-only version of this, you can go check out the YouTube link or be here for the live show. Not in the past, but it's on YouTube by this point if you're listening in the future. So, otherwise it's going to sound really weird because you don't get any of the visuals. Let me know you're ready, and then we can start this up. I have yeah. no idea how loud it's going to be. ready. Let's go. All right. That
4: should be playing Whoa. Look at that intro. Who made that? I, I don't know. It's who awesome. made who made that? Oh. Okay, this part <laughs> of the <this time>, Nintendo. <laughs> just yeah. awesome video This
0: maker, this right. is
3: where I loved I loved I don't know how people do this cuz I'm way too stupid, but they like have <laughs> uh, like they're like just like the how, I don't know how you get these shots. I'd, it's really cool. God. Look at that guy.
0: Well. So thick. Ew. T- t- preheat, come on.
3: I'm sorry. So, uh, can you hear me well over the music? Oh, me... it's very, very quiet. You're—it's all you. Cool. Um, so, one thing we elected to do uh, on this boss is a lot of people have their warlocks go up first, put up their gates. We actually did like a quick reset and had uh, had the warlocks put them up beforehand. So they they started down here just for P one consistency, having them dead sooner.
4: What's interesting about this phase is that damage is not so important for the uh, at least the later spawns, right? Like, obviously, for the first ones, you want them killed instantly, but a lot of this will just kind of figure itself out whenever the beam comes down. It's there's a, THD's there's friend. There's the good giving, giving him some kisses. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah look at him.
3: That's you know a friendly cutie. one. He's a friendly that's one, guy. That's one of the ones that, that just wants to hang out. It's okay, the, so I'm going yeah. to stop this here. This stops for everyone, right? Okay, so what happened in progression... Yeah, yeah. When we first got to this boss, so we killed Mithrax. We were super happy. We we wasted a ton of time not pulling this boss and just being happy, which is obviously something we learned from that we stated earlier. But um, we only pulled this for like an hour or so before we went to bed that night, which was actually like right around our raid time or maybe a little early. And it's because when we first got to this boss, if you had a spawn of Gahoon that was fixating you, which it can fixate anyone in the room, um, you could go up on the sides of the platform and go to dunk the ball and it would port you. Uh, to wherever the little Gahuni was. So, like, uh, I don't know if Method experienced this, actually, because it was fixed by our next raid day. But they... Uh,
4: Yeah, they did. I saw it on stream. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. and they they fixed it, because, like, we told them that night, and they said, like, they were going in to work on it, and it was fine. They initially told us that we were trying to do some crazy kite strat, and we're like, nah, we weren't doing that. But, like, like, for example, it kept happening to one person. Zealot, or Mistweaver, dunked on the left side in that first phase. And every time he was about to dunk, it just ported him down. And we're like, this is so pointless. Let's just, like, log off and they'll fix this. You know, because it was like a 1 in 5 edit. Because, you know, you get out of P1 instantly. The phase isn't hard. Um, getting consistent in P1 is a different thing, which is kind of like where we went along the line. And we, we geared Moonkins because we thought P1 might be hard. Moonkins console the run, and they carry P1 a lot um moonkins and warlocks were more on the side of p1 where moonkins for the rest of the fight are pretty average um
1: you actually don't want too much damage because you want that big guy to stay alive long enough to cast that circle so that the healers get buffed going in the intermission yeah yeah Uh, you want to
3: have yeah you want to have the dark young buff the healers right before the intermission but you also want uh you want a lot of damage on the cyclopean terrors and the the little kahunis so we uh Getting ahead in P1 was helpful, so we actually had, like, non-DPS go up pretty early to do that initially, and then we kind of kept that same thing. Anyway, because yeah,
0: gonna... the spawns of Gahoon, the Gahoonies, as we lovingly refer to them now, those don't get hit by the beam. The reorgation beam doesn't hurt them at all, yep. right?
3: Nope, it yep. does not. No, so, so you, you have to get to kill them after the thing. Yep. All right, I think we're good to start again, unless any of you guys have anything else?
0: Nope. Nope. Okay. Yeah, it was. I was... <laughs> I saw that when I was watching this before the show was set up, so I knew I wasn't going into this cold, and I was like, "What is that
3: bug that they are experiencing?" Where you are a friendly ad, but yeah, so ridiculous. And, and, yeah, and we had some P ones that were like really hectic. Like something would go wrong, but you could still like limp through it and get through it. Like some of these phases ended with like three people infested because like someone accidentally ringed them like into the group or like just you know just random stuff like that. And right, uh, and you can still limp through it. It was I, I think. I think all in all, it was a kind of disappointing phase. I, I think it really could have been, uh, this could, this phase could have been decently hard.
0: There's a question in chat why do you buff the healers for the transition? That's just because of this beam does damage and you want to heal the raid up, right? That's yeah. just, yeah. yeah. I mean, they
3: will take 25% more damage, I think. Correct. That's the thing. And, mm-hmm. but, but five people taking 25% more damage to buff the healing to everyone in the raid is obviously, yeah. It- It makes
1: healing this particular one extremely trivial. You don't really even have to allocate cooldowns to it. Whereas later ones, it's not hard to heal, but you want to use cooldowns and sometimes people will low.
3: Gotcha. Uh good old Henry. So
0: yeah, this change I need to pause it right quick here, but it was also brought up uh method show because in heroic you can dunk this with single people. It's not a big deal. You can I, I do it on my demon hunter, right? But the mythic version of the debuff was changed to pacify you. So you have to walk. Outside of taking a gateway, you have to walk. You can't use any of your other abilities. That was new.
1: There's a couple things you can do. You can use items. So, for example, uh, health stones, right? Or health pots. I don't remember which one. And you can also pre-apply movement effects. For example, one thing I did was I would pre-feather before picking up the orb that works for pre-sprinting, pre-dashing, all kinds of things that you can cast before you're pacified by the orb. So you can be under the effect of a move increasing effect, which is how it's probably viable to do at least one side maybe without gateways or without oh. multiple gateways. But obviously having the ability to pre-apply those sprints doesn't matter when you have double gateways and all you have to do is take the gateway, pass it, take the gateway. Right. But you can do that.
3: Something we did, so you see the boils on the screen now, which is the mythic mechanic of the boss. That, uh, that's something we did a little differently. I know Method had some sort of assignment. We just had people in similar parts of the room uh, that kind of correlated with when they were going up, and boils were generally not an issue, but we, we for the large part, in quotes, YOLO'd it. Um, <laughs> but okay. we had, like... Yeah, because, you know, if you have people on the side of the room and you understand in P2, if you're not going up next um, and you don't have a debuff, you can you can soak the 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 stuff. You, or you, you need to soak, like... It's a 12-man rotation, 6 and 6. There's 4 people that are up, 4 people going up. That equals exactly 12 remaining. So like, if you don't have a debuff, you need to soak. And once that was clear in progression, it really wasn't as much of an issue because all you're doing, even if you steal someone's buff, they can go on the next time. And damage, even in progression in this phase, did not matter. I think the second time we ever saw the second burn, we were in the last phase. Um, it was as low as it could be. Damage was never a thing. I know Method was a little different because they 6-yielded until the last day, but we never 6-yielded.
2: Right.
0: You were talking about healing earlier too, uh, Jaith, about how there's a lot of bosses you've done probably down in the past that were always to to make the push to kill them to get you had to drop healers. But this fight really did still need five for your first kill, yeah. right? Have you have you well, gone to four I and farm need, or?
1: I, I think I I think not not only do I think you could have four I thought we could have four healed it then, and obviously then Memento I think did four heal it. So it right. is four healable. Okay. Uh, okay absolutely because most healing these days is about burst healing and raid cooldowns and when i say these days i mean for a really really long time now so as long as you have healers that do frequent burst healing like rest of druids within inner peace or discipline priests you can under because you have the cooldowns and the burst healing to cover every situation with fewer healers so okay. yeah it absolutely was four healable we toyed with the idea but since damage was never a problem there was no reason to ever go below five until we're in the last phase and then we're half percent off and all I have to do is go disc and that's
3: and then it dies. yeah. All you have to so do. and that and was something else we did. So I'll talk about what you're seeing right now. This ad, um what a lot of people did, I, I'm not entirely sure what method did. Um but the this ad, we always cleared our buffs. We knew that dancing around, even if this cast got ad got three casts off, it was going to be less damage than the actual rot you take. Um so we 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 clear all our stacks both times and kill the ad uh before the burn um and kind of just committed cds to it you know we had multiple rallies if he we ever were to get an extra cast off anything went wrong but generally speaking it was a complete non-issue um so we always did that i think some guilds ignore the first one and just heal through the extra things then they make a big one right here and it automatically dies which is more efficient but for progression we thought it was more uh consistent to do it that way
0: just to always cleanse as a whole raid okay
3: yep yeah, like I mean, yeah. you can. I mean, it's literally math. Like the we, the dots do way more damage than the ads. We had enough
1: healers that we had enough cooldowns to cover three casts of both ads. So yeah, there was no reason to worry about not spawning a big ad, getting a third and cast and something that we toyed with us. in the last
3: phase too. Um, this is actually going into the last phase. I'll actually talk about this for a second. Yeah. Um, so actually, four healers on this boss, if you can get through P two, is wildly better than five. Um, for a lot of reasons. So a lot of people think you get destroyed at the end of Gahoon in the last phase, so you need more healers to push through that damage. Um, that's actually really wrong, because with the amount of cooldowns you can cover with 4 or 5 healers, you get to a point, and I'm sure Method saw this too, where like, you can move around and do whatever you want, but you know, you can move cooldowns around, you can like try to have stuff for the end, you can have try to save your health pots, stop using them in P2, all that stuff if you need it, like, there gets to a point where you get a certain amount of stacks at 371 eye level on this boss where you die. Like It doesn't yeah. matter if you have 8 healers, 5 healers, 4 healers, you're dead. So killing the boss before that point was crucial, and 4 healing would have made the last phase definitely, maybe maybe a little harder to learn at first, because you can you don't actually get one shot by the dance. It gets you pretty low, and you can have a little less deaths earlier by having people more generally topped. But on a really good pull, 4 healers is better than 5 in the last phase. In fact, I, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of people um Did that in farm. Uh, now another thing about this phase, we do this a little differently, and I, I think we could have done it better because we actually lose like three seconds of boss DPS by being in the corner. Um, we we thought for a long time since we always had the boss there that his uh, rock fell directly under him, but it just falls in the middle. So we could have actually like brought him closer to the like where we actually do our last thing. You'll see it in just a second, and that makes sense. Okay, well, you mentioned this earlier, healer lust. So when we got yeah. close on this boss. What we did was we, we were like, all right, the healer loss at the beginning is irrelevant. No one's going to take any damage within those 40 seconds unless they get one shot. It would be much better if we lost the healers at 10% and it ends at 4 or 3, so they can delay their cooldowns and just use their mana as a resource more uh, than that. Obviously, this is this is like, no way you cut it. It's better to do this. The downside is you have to be very close before you start because it takes, you know, three minutes basically in between each pull to do it correctly. Um, a little less because we were more efficient and we had our Warlocks do our reset while they had the Lusty buff already. So it was basically like a minute and a half, but you know, if you weren't close and you were just doing that just so it was always there, you would it would be 100% worse for progression. Because all in all, you just need to kill the boss before the point where you're unhealable, and then it's fine. Uh, yeah, that, that's why we did that. And I think in this video, I think the healers lust almost exactly at 10% and it lasts until about 5 or 4.
0: So now to make sure we're on the same page here about what a healer lust is is you were giving healers the exhaustion debuff before you pulled so that their exhaustion right. debuff timed out differently than the rest of the raid, correct? Yeah, correct.
1: Correct. We poured out to the front of the instance and Siori would lust us and we would say hi to our MMO champion beat writer who was hanging out to watch us. <laughs> nice. We'd go back in wait about 2 minutes so that the timing worked correctly. You didn't want to lust we didn't want to pull right away cuz then we'd we're still debuffed at the end of the fight. We wanted to be debuffed when the rest of the raid lusted, but then not when we wanted to lust. Right. So we waited about two minutes, start the pull timer, pull the boss.
0: I think that's the first time I have specifically heard about that style of lust. I don't know to say manipulation, but juggling.
3: Yeah. The um, last time it was done was on Starugger. Really? Right? Yeah, okay. we did it on. Yeah. yeah, we did it on Star
1: uh, Uger, uh, also... did it on Argus as well.
4: Right? Oh. Back in, uh, I'm really sure about I, did, I didn't, didn't know. I know that back whenever Max and I were in duality, we also did on butcher quite a bit as well. Well, that's yeah, swell- it's been a thing for a while. It's, it's a little, little street, uh, sleeper strat. That's been a while for a while or sorry, been around for a while. Yeah, yeah. on Butcher, you could do it just by being out of range of the lust when it was a 40 or yes. something
1: yard range. Yeah. Now, now it's a raid it's zone wide. So you have yeah. to get out. Yeah. But I'm almost completely positive that method did it on Argus as well. It's been around for a little while.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Alright, cool. Okay, but I want to make sure that anyone in the comments like, "What do we talk about healer less?" That that's there. You go. So we can we can
3: go back to the video if you're good to go. Yep, yeah, absolutely. Let's do it. So we just went on this side here, took a gate, healed to the second to last hit, and then we had Arrest a rest of shaman. So we made use of it and got in a link in darkness here to avert using any other healing cooldowns or personals or anything. We also cast a fried on the boss here.
1: He had a couple of spirit link traits as well, so it was basically a raid cooldown. The spirit link essentially makes us safe there.
3: Yeah, By and then we number. and then we got a spread after it. It's a little less efficient for damage, but it was very safe. We never had anyone die in the intermission or anything like that. So again, in this phase, uh we did we did stay spread for boils. We had people in certain parts of the room. We had a little extra people in the back because more boils spawned in the back than anywhere else because of where the boss position was. Um we did that intentionally. We we played a lot with the boss positioning, uh, but basically him being in the direct middle is definitely the the best play. I gripped a druid right there. You saw it for a second.
4: We played around with a couple different <laughs> ideas for like how to have the soaking be distributed for the boils that spawn, like having people like rotate, you know, every uh every time they go around, but ultimately back to kind of just having mostly everyone just kind of having the sign spot. To do another
0: update, someone knows the boil mechanic is that you get to soak one, it hits the nearest three players, but if you ever get two stacks of that explosion, you're mind-controlled, right? Exactly, and it hits
3: the closest two players. Yeah. Oh, closest
0: two? Closest two. Yep, and yes. they, spawn,
3: they spawn every 30 seconds, you can't soak twice in a row. Ooh, see, we had, we almost had a goof on the kill. Was we a, Someone yeah. someone got hit by explosive, and then we had to massively spread out because of that, but still made it. There was a
1: point mid while we work on the boss where they made a weird boil change to make them not oh, yeah. spawn at far away or something cool. and it, that, that was so strange because it didn't make the boss easier Dude. or harder it didn't do anything the it problem you harder. have with boils well i don't think it did much the, the the real problematic boils are when they're too really close together it doesn't matter whether they're close to the boss or not if they're really close together, then it's very difficult to position to make sure two yeah. people get hit by each one without getting hit by both. Right, that's what's hard. So if they if they had made it so they can never spawn within an X yards of each other, that would have been a change that made. So it you're
3: dead. about to see the point here where you're unhealable. So right when we get this next wave, look at the raid's health. So we turn for this, wave goes out shortly after, and this is the four versus five or six healer argument. Like like you're literally just dead.
4: You're it's a wall the yeah because of how it ramps up like you don't really gain anything yeah it's <laughs> yeah.
3: For, for the most part you're dead and, and the last yeah, boil is always see on unseen people because people are there and I and again remember. when we ki- and when we killed it oh, we can kind of go through a little bit of it more but like when we killed yeah. it we were happy a lot of people you know it it would have been really easy for us to be very pessimistic because there's definitely an argument to us having it us mm-hmm. being ahead the whole time us doing what we needed to do to do it and we made some mistakes like yeah whatever the 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 vantis and the trait changes like i said we knew about before we made that decision sure but like like we were happy we were like you know this is the closest anyone's gotten to that guild in a long time and and we totally could have done it you know it it definitely gave us the confidence we needed and it all it was was just pumping us for this next year and so I, i think definitely the time where we woke up and we knew method were gonna kill it they killed it like we were kind of like Not like depressed, but like, you know, kind of like, eh, it kind of sucks. And then when we killed it, we are like, you know, like, look, we still owned.
4: uh, We did better than we've ever done. It was a new personal best. Yeah. What's the reason to, you know,
3: being pessimistic about what you didn't do never really is uh, conducive to being better or growing from that. You you have to look at your mistakes and learn from them, obviously, but, you know. I wanted to show
1: one more thing on that. So I I scrolled it back a little bit. You can see on the video here that Lip has an extra stack. And obviously, we've gotten to the point where we can't heal through that at at all. So Siori will throw an Ancestral Protection Totem on him. And when he inevitably dies that seven stack, he's got that big old buff on him and just onks with zero stacks. And he's now, as long as the tanks are alive, he's not going to die anymore. And he can just execute the boss until it dies. Uh,
3: Ah, I see that. It was up here. Yeah, you, can, yeah you, really, you really wanted your warriors uh, to be the first per I mean, you don't want anyone to die. You want them to die. But, yeah. like, you know, if you're going to have anyone sack, it is certainly going to be yeah. someone with a cooldown coming up that can live for a while, which is basically no one. The fight was right around two minutes where you needed to kill it, so two-minute classes pretty much used it when it was best for them in the phase which might have been during lust at the beginning right but, um basically you can't really count on two you can't count on yourself dying early and being one of the very few people to not get MC'd by that last set of boils and also be alive it's very rare so like three minute classes minute and a half classes were the op ones or just people with ridiculous execute like warriors which i th- it's I'm, I'm it's strange that that's still in the game and it's that strong when they removed so much execute from everyone else
0: yep um, oh do- uh, yeah that's I'm a whole other topic for another show. Yeah. yeah. Yeah.
4: I'm not sure like what their current amount is, but I wanted to also talk about because people kept asking me why, why is Henry Fire on the kill, right? And it it's just like uh, you know, fire has really good execute. It's actually one of the classes that for some reason kind of dodged the whole execute nerfs. Um, so fire is also very strong for that. So that's why. Fire is an insane execute class. Plus, you can castle moving the whole time true
3: um yeah yeah i mean it, it was something we changed like we like i said we swapped to disc and we swapped to uh to fire mage and then we added two more gut ripper was insane for that boss um mm-hmm. and then uh we made those changes and you know they died in five pulls. you know we would have realized that earlier we would have used fried earlier the the castable engineering thing you can use it before your pot it's just free a lot of guilds do that now you hear them calling it out what is um, this now? Just to make
0: sure we're on the same so, page. Oh, go ahead, Max. It's
3: the, it's the engineering item uh fried with a period in between each word. Um you can cast it at the cast it at anything, and you the best time to do it is right when the boss is immune but about to be out of immune. We on our kill we're like, all right, fried, and then you cast it. It was like, you know, like two hundred K free damage or something like that.
4: It's, it's just, just like a grenade like, that hits everything and yep. as a cast time so you just do it as he's becoming uh damageable again there's a slight delay to it after you finish the cast um but yeah as long as you haven't potted it's free yeah can... it's like yeah
3: so it's like yeah you can do that and that, that's like kind of the goon stuff you needed to do <laughs> to kill it at that high level basically you know it needed a perfect pull and you needed well it was not even a perfect pull i mean really honestly we swapped a, we swapped a couple specs and it it died even with like a super early death and it was a pretty good pull but yeah fire mage fire oh
0: no i was just like can anyone use that or is engineering only right engineering only everyone
4: can use
3: it everyone can use it it's just an item you can get out the auction house uh Uh yeah the engineering only thing that's crazy that i can't believe is still there is the belt like the engineering belt gives you a 30k absorb which is like our general health now but it scales with your health so it's always going to be good um and it's completely for free and that's as much as like the average raid cooldown will heal each player. So like you literally gain a 10-minute CD raid cooldown by having everyone have it. And no other profession gives you a raid benefit outside of the crafting ones right away to like make gear, but...
1: And on Gahunu yeah. is especially effective because the engineering belt is one of those things that doesn't count as your personal spells. So when you're pacified by the orb and you accidentally gate into a root or have some other issue where you're taking more damage than you expected, maybe you soaked a boil before you run, you can pop your engineering belt
3: while you're pacified and yep. get a little bitty. Same with your speed. health pot, I think, too. So, yeah, so it's super. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if you if you don't have that and you're a raider, it costs like 5K to get your engineering to 85, and it's extremely good. I mean, I, I yeah. can't
4: imagine anyone who seriously raids not having it, but you know. Yeah, they, I mean, it's literally the same as having like a personal absorb. It's the same thing class, as having right? another it's health like pot. Ice barrier or yeah, health it's like an ice barrier. It's like 30%, or sorry, 20%, I think, of my HP. Whenever I use it roughly, yeah, real, real good and stacks absorbs too. So, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just, it's just like adding
3: another health pot. And in an expansion where healer cooldowns don't nearly heal as much as they did before, health, po- the whole raid health potting, the whole raid health zoning are almost the same as a raid cooldown except for Trank. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, adding another one of those is
4: obviously extremely good, even better than the health pot because it's preventative damage, you know. So, if there's a big hit coming up. You don't have enough to survive, or like on Mythrix because your HP has been reduced, right?
3: One other thing I wanted to mention in P two, um, I don't know if we can get a clip of this by dragging it back. I'm gonna try. Um, is it ever swap to THD in this phase where he's upstairs or jumping down? Um, so basically what we did is uh in in P two, which you can see right here, um, I'll just start it. Well, so it's just rolling. Um, so we actually figured this out super early that. You could actually immune up to five of the wave debuffs every single time he sends them out. Um, How you do that is you have the buff that you have when you're upstairs. I think it's like a dot or something. Um, It's like a very small dot. Um, And what that's intended for is so people who are doing the run or passing don't get the boss wave, so it doesn't like knock them around or uh, impede them in any way or get them stacks. But there's only four people running at a time. I believe they just did five for like leeway. So what we had was we had one warlock take the trait where their drain life like gets extra stuff by dotting extra stuff they kept like part of the thing clear part of the pathway clear but their main job was just to be that fifth person up there not getting a wave stack um and we did that for the just just to reduce damage and he never needed healing up there he just healed himself um method was also doing this at one point with more we were we were obviously gonna like if that was available we were gonna try to exploit the hell out of that because like you know you go up there and you know, if you can have more people do that, obviously your healing requirement goes way down. Obviously, they capped it at five, so you wouldn't do that. Um, it's actually super interesting. And actually, speaking of stuff like that, I've I have a few people that I talk to in method pretty frequently, and we're we're kind of under the same uh, uh, understanding of like how you talk. Because like like I said, everyone has like people they can talk to. Like you reach something and you find something that's able to be done, and you can ask them like, "Hey, is this okay? Like right. like this is in the fight. Like, can we do this without repercussions?" Um, and they'll they'll tell you yes or no. Um, but, like, both of our guilds now definitely err on the side of just doing it and asking later, because there's been multiple occasions where it screwed both of our guilds, like uh, Maiden on, uh, for Method, where they didn't do the tank solo, the Maiden slam in uh, the last raid, or uh, TOS, they were told, no, if you keep if you do that, we're just going to keep buffing it, and you won't be able to do it. And then they didn't do that, and every other guild killed it that way, and they had to do it the... The normal way which was significantly harder uh, there, are,
0: there are certain situations because the one that yep. always comes to mind that i think of is mythic helia breathing her into the corner and all the blobs go into yeah. one spot and then fire mages that was actually yep. exploitive and then people got in trouble for that so it's a weird cadence you have to play with just going for something you think is okay versus then what blizzard yeah i mean it happened to us okay? too it
3: happened to us on Kingaroth. So, like, well, we had two things on Kingaroth. The oh, first thing we did on Kingaroth, there's there's a video of it where we where I tanked every green mob and we never killed the last ad, so we never gave him an empowerment. But basically by the end of the fight, I'm tanking four green mobs, and they spawned the green things that you had to soak by empowering it, which no one ever did. So you might not even know what it does. But when you empower when you kill the green one last, it makes these things you have to soak, and it's clearly the worst option, so no one did it. But if you keep it alive before they fixed it, we were obviously the first ones on the boss. They they just spawned around him. So only I had to take the damage of all of them hitting. And then obviously times that by three and four mobs. Anyways, we had the boss at 15% and they changed it mid pool, and they <laughs> made it spawn all around the platform. And we instantly wiped and we couldn't do that anymore. Yeah. But then after that, we found out that you could have the boss not empower by killing the last dad during his beam cast. And we were like, "Can you do this. And they're like, no, that's an exploit. Okay. Not doing it. And we ended up killing it world first because obviously you hadn't started reading it. And we like, we killed it not that way and then like so many NA and EU guilds figured that out and did it and then we couldn't make use of that. In fact, if we did that world first, we probably would have gotten banned. But because of they because like other guilds did it or enough people did it, they didn't ban for it. So like they said you can't do that, but you clearly did. So like there's like a weird
4: Yeah, the rules like, aren't really written anywhere, right? You just kind of have to make them <laughs> up as you go and assume that uh some things are really bad some things aren't, and it's all just based off of what we've seen action taken against uh, guilds in the past, you know, over, so it's just That's, kind of a guessing game.
0: It's a weird one, because that mechanic isn't the same egregious level I guess as, like, tanking the Nightmare Dragons on scenarios, but it's kind of similar, so why does one... Yeah, you're, you remove a
3: mechanic from the fight, and obviously every guild... Okay, that, but the yeah.
0: other isn't. Maybe. Yeah, I
3: mean, I mean, obviously there's a huge blurry line on Right. What that is. Like some are very obvious. Like when we and Exorcist got banned for the breath thing on Helia, yeah, like that was like like clearly that was not like that that removes that from the phase. It shouldn't have been. Like our strat, same with Exorcist. I we uh or our old GM jet who's back in the guild now, um, talks with their GM a lot and he's like, Yeah, like our strat was the same from PTR. We we killed the tank on every breath in the last phase, so we'd never spawned the things. That's why we initially did it. But it turns out when they released it. If you ever killed your tank on the first one, he just stayed at full energy and they couldn't do it again. Now, we didn't do that. Yeah, so, like, that was our strat initially and it was legit, but then they made it so it, like, bugged out. Um, And then Exorcist and From Scratch killed it. We found out they killed it that way and we're like, oh, well, it's been three days, they haven't been banned, we'll do it. And then we do it and then we're all banned the next day. (laughs) But, like, the, I mean, obviously we're not, like, like, we did it, we deserved it and all that stuff, but the, you know, again, blurry lines on stuff like that is, like, pretty bad.
0: Yep, but we'll have to see. I mean, they, they, they have the official leaderboards now on the website for the top 100 US. Maybe board. they'll care more. Maybe they'll yeah, care yeah. more.
3: I would, I would like to also, see that. If they, if they could endorse WoW PvE rating the way they do the MDI, the way they do PvP, that would be, I mean, super. I mean, I feel like Blizzard had a chance back before esports were even huge to kind of pioneer something like that, like sponsoring and monetizing the PvE race a long time ago. and And even better late than never, like, I, I really feel like they could get in on this especially now that it's being streamed they could sponsor some kind of event where they yeah. take five people from a few guilds to come down and it's like some big thing like they could totally they could totally do something huge with that and and maybe there will be because they they definitely uh had a lot more interest this is the most interesting the world race has ever been right like clearly the at least publicly one of the
4: closest races too.
3: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean hours I mean, apart set, essentially. That,
1: set that aside, method streaming it at all is just a huge step forward yep. Yep. for yep. Pv yep. interest massively. Anyone anyone that enjoys progression rating, you had was able to just watch it and you and it was anyone that says, Oh, that's super boring, I don't want to watch three hours of wipes, okay. Clearly that was proven wrong. Literally yeah. thousands and thousands and thousands of people watching that. It's a huge wake-up call for anyone interested in that. Well, yeah, because
4: these poll could be a kill and you want to be there for the kill, right? So you can say you were there. I feel so like that was... Uh, yeah. yeah, exactly. That's why people got so hyped whenever they almost got it, right? Like, chat's just exploding because they're about to kill the boss. Um, so, I mean, yeah, it's, it's like a group experience. It's like you're there and you're part of the team. Yep. There was never anything like that before. Oh, so.
3: Another thing I forgot about the uh, video. Um, we pushed one at a P1 at a very specific time because that made the blood mm-hmm. boils... We actually waited to get a good time that made the blood boil spawn consistently at the exact same time every pull. um where you didn't have as much rng with blood Feast happening but it still kind of doesn't matter because and this is actually we, we spoke to some people who knew about this it's intended that it's this way but the blood feast has like a like a three or four second variance in either direction of it supposed to be spawning and that that pretty much ruins any kind of consistency you can have with that but hmm. um that's why we initially did it to at least provide some form of consistency instead of it being completely random. Because it was very hard in progression early on um, to have people have to skip blood feasts to go soak stuff instead of guaranteeing MCs and losing a battle res when you're getting in the last phase. Like you can't consistently do that. So that was something we did that I forgot to mention going into the end of uh P1. Other than that, I think that's pretty much everything about the video. Like like, there's, very, there's a very set strat you have to do. The four warlock thing is fine. That's not required. Four warlocks is not required at all. <laughs> that I would was one say. Of the questions, yeah. Yeah. Like, like, I mean, like I said, we killed it basically with three warlocks on accident. Like, we had a warlock gate go down, and we still had to do like three or four runs or something, and you just passed back and forth, and it was fine because there's no damage requirement. So it's just like, whatever. You can do whatever. Um, but obviously, it makes it significantly easier to progress. So any guild progressing on it should not go into that boss with uh four warlocks without four warlocks unless they change it even if it's a lesser geared one it will make your progression easier because i promise you with the gear you have now 378 plus eye level when you get to the last phase you could actually kill at any pull it is it is a complete joke there's no there's no damage check we did it on alts again with like people dead like you could just you could 18 man the last phase now like it's a total joke
0: i don't know if i mean in that regard I don't want to harp on the use of the word joke because at that point it feels like it's actually balanced well unlike other fights that can be the whole fight trivial really matters. By gear. Yeah. yeah, or trivialized, or the last two minutes of a fight is all that matters, but you have to take twelve minutes to get there, right? Sometimes yeah. that can work, but slogs that are those really long winded fights, and once you get the gear and it just makes the it doesn't really like Roger said earlier. Phase 1 and Phase 2 are sort of on rails on Gahoon. Gears doesn't matter there, so it matters later. Once you get there, you kind of yeah. get not a freebie,
3: but you've earned it if you get there. Yeah, that. yeah that it's you, also, you're... like,
4: all relative to what we've seen before, right? So, yeah. like, that's our perspective of it coming our back to the fight. Yeah, yeah,
3: clearly. Someone who's pulling the boss for the first time is not going to see the last phase as a joke because they're not familiar with it. Yeah, That's same. fine.
0: Yeah. yeah, I just want to make sure I, I had to so. clarify because YouTube comments can be like, they think it's a joke, guys. They're so <laughs> yeah. good. They're laughing yeah. at us. No, no. They
1: boomed me. No, yeah. That, that boss was extremely hard and extremely fun, both week one and, and week two for us.
0: That's yeah. Good. Yeah. Well, I think that about does it. I want to go around the table real quick. Do you guys have any closing remarks? And I think we'll go with Preheat. You want to take this first? Have any closing uh, thoughts sure. or shout outs or anything you want to end with
4: uh so I mean this tier was awesome uh, we we're just so excited for next year um you know if if you're watching this and you're a fan of the Guild at all um you know if, if you're just coming in and you missed the first part uh, you know we're we're gonna be more active with uh, trying to engage the community moving on out from here so uh you know we'll definitely be making an announcement at some point soon so you know keep your eyes out for that and uh yeah and check out our merch site you know we got the merch site up definitely give it a look uh so you can look like max
3: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know know if you want that but yeah
0: they might jay what about you sir anything you want to close with
1: yeah, uh, I hope that me appearing on camera IRL as a goblin will help to erase <laughs> the bias in the wow community against the goblins. Uh, goblins truly, it's a wonderful, wonderful <clears throat> race. Basically, mandatory if you're a rest of shaman or or, or healing priest. And uh, I hope that everyone embraces my example and follows my footsteps and becomes a goblin.
0: I don't know, high high mountain tauran female is pretty good. Well,
1: I, in all seriousness, I it's you're not wrong because it does give you a mobility option, but. The reality is that Goblin Jump is superior in every way, by a small margin, but it is strictly superior because it has a <laughs> Z-axis and a lower cooldown. Right. But there
0: you go. I, I'm mostly just going off and they just look cool and being a little short. Maybe, maybe if, you know,
4: we'll see they what You got more. sick dance too, man. Such uh, a boy.
0: Oh. Preheat. <laughs> just,
3: uh, I don't know about that. Max, how about you? Anything to close on, sir? Uh, yeah i mean i hope i hope that this is a good platform one to kind of give you guys i think the most important thing is to give the community a good idea of how we think when we approach fights and what we think about them because i think that might wildly differ from the guilds they're in and they could take things that apply to that and i also think it's something we hearing back from the community are things that we can change about ourselves too. i mean we're always constantly looking for ways to get better um and I feel like this is a really good platform for that. Uh, I think just in general, I think we did really well for what we expected to do. We certainly beat our goal. Um, I, I would really hope that uh, the next year goes well for us, and uh, I think we'll have a lot more people backing us, knowing that we, you know, we can seriously compete for this. And I, we're going to give it our all to prepare for it. So, yeah, G or Preed already mentioned the merch thing. It's just like a starter thing. We got some stuff up, but it looks pretty good and uh, helps us out so yeah and, and uh, we have, we kept like our our roster of, of people from this raid and we brought back I think five or six people that are some of the better players that have ever played in this guild over the past couple of years. so we have a ton of options uh, here and all their characters now so, uh, so the future's looking bright're we're, we're here to stay.
4: Oh, I have another shout out. Uh, I want to shout out Azoria for being just the best oh, person my God, ever yeah. Like, literally, she is, like, an angel, and, uh, you're awesome. Yeah, I, I, honestly, yes. there's, we could go on a whole other Final Boss episode. It She's would be the, the limited Azoria edition, talking about all the awesome stuff she does for us, but, yeah. Yeah. Just and, wanted to and, shout that out. And my real closing would be, we, this is obviously, like, the first time
1: that a U.S. guild has gone for world first in a long time, and, uh. I'm really excited about it. And obviously a lot of other people are too, which is why we've had four or five X guild members rejoin. If you're one of the best players in this region or any other region, and you're interested in going for that, send us an app.
3: Yeah. Don't hesitate. We make anything work. We we literally rated this tier. He's an insanely good player. Like we rated with someone from Taiwan and he barely spoke English. I mean, barely, like, I mean, you had to tell him multiple times, one sentence for him to understand it. And it didn't matter because he owned so you know if you if it like if you're if you're someone that like we can make anything work we've had the experience um with people that are foreign and haven't uh, multiple occasions actually like i i just want the best possible players in the raid we can work everything else out
0: it sounds good to me i'm gonna hit this button over here and then go back around and close out this show so thank you, everyone, for tuning in today to episode number 169. This was the limit world second. I enjoyed doing like the first and second back to back because it kind of smushes all of it in together. And we'll see how that works out in the future tiers with the roster changes, with the personal loot, with how I didn't even bring up at the show, but the siege has split Horde versus Alliance. Like way you go through the raid, how is that going to affect the world first race? I don't know. We'll talk about it 8.1. When that stuff comes out, but again, around the horn here on the table, there's preheat. You can go check him out on his Twitch stream at the same name. Nothing crazy else going on there. And that, uh, h- how how many hours a day do you work on your Hemsworth Five O'Clock Shadow?
4: Uh, <laughs> um, well, I uh, I trimmed before, so but usually I just kind of let it let it rip, you know.
2: <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh,
4: okay, so I um I don't generally really look at myself in the mirror like for I go I'll go days without doing it but I I got pretty for this episode so I normally don't look like you know hot or anything I'm like a goblin in real life so oh oh all right yeah it's just for Uh, the camera it's all the camera it's just just for me just
0: for the viewers I appreciate that sir oh it's for Max oh it's for Max what (laughs) (laughs) just kidding so from one yeah. goblin to the next, G. Thank you for being quote unquote on camera today. My pleasure. Yep, you can go check out G healing. Right, I mean, I, I checked in the day. I was just pumping bump, around to see what you guys were doing, and you were on your monk gearing your monk up. I think Mythic Pluses of the day. I think I saw that. So I don't know. Oh, yeah. How much? Do you oh, you yeah. have every healer right?
1: The only healer I don't have a 120 currently is a Druid, and I'm going to finish my Druid in the next week same uh, thing we were talking about earlier Right, first first tier you don't have everything but for the next one i will
0: yeah absolutely all those four little characters just gonna work on that ap even though by the time you get an ult around getting all your levels up shouldn't be a problem but i appreciate it thank you very much for sitting in on the show today
1: thank you for having me
0: and there's max also his stream his only one with the uh actual Precursor limit underscore maximum on his stream.
3: Yeah, I never stream. Don't watch it. It's real bad. But yeah, okay. Well don't the, never mind. I'll take this, I'll take the Lore third off. There you go. Yeah, yep. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Don't watch it. Don't link it to your friends. All that good stuff. Um only shout out I have, uh, this is great. I enjoyed this a lot. Um, after this, when our show is over, head over to the Warcraft channel. One of our raiders trill. Well, he goes by Zess in our guild. We call him Squirt. Uh and his pvp name is trill and he's playing against uh the move right now and they're like third straight championship match in pvp and that dude is one of the most insane players any of us have ever played with so definitely definitely go watch him uh and other than that i think i that's all that's all i got that's all i got
0: i appreciate your time on the day on the show today after three years of not being on the show but thank mm-hmm. you for, for joining us again. That's going to be it for me, of course, next week's show. I didn't preface it anywhere in the show earlier, but next week's show is going to be sort of a state of Mythic Plus in Battle for Azeroth. I have some members of a few of the big MDI teams. More on those when make get those finalized soon. So follow the show on Twitter if you'd like. To know what that show's gonna be and then after that we have the pre-blizzcon special when i cannot tell you those guests but i'm excited that they're on the show for the first time ever the dynamic duo of two of them that may give it away too much but they're on the show for the pre-blizzcon special and then post-blizzcon will be preaching novel so more shows on the horizon then we have some state of melee range healers tanks and then all the spec shows start in 2019. that's enough out of me if you want to go check out the show, of course, socials are down below, linked in the description box or on finalboss.tv. Thank you all for being here today, tuning in, listening, and until next week, everybody. <laughs> bye! Bye bye, bye, bye. I, gotta, I, I always do the wrong hand. Hey, wave it! Wave it! You gotta wave. Gee, are you? No. Preheat. You know, all right. That's That's fine.